here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Craig. <laughs> Give me a name. I like Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voices Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I am Rich Creech alongside, as always, man who is disingenuous at times, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? Oh, that's the one you're going with this week? I like that one. Yeah, I've always liked that one. All right. It's not false <laughs> at times. You know, you're disingenuous, but for the most part. No, you know, I, I usually like the King of Answer, but I thought the disingenuous one would be good this week, you know? What do you mean it's not false? What are you talking about? <laughs> At times, <laughs> disingenuous. At times, just a few times, not often, but just a few times. You agree with that terrible assessment no, I, I that I've that I've chosen to lean into instead of uh, you know <laughs> getting upset about. Um, I think there's only one place to lead off this week. I heard a rumor that you watched 205 Live this week. I did watch the 205 Live. The uh, does it have a cool? Sw- what are the kids calling 205 Live these days? got a swanky name to it or is it yes they're calling it 205 live (laughs) i wasn't sure if there was like some cool like the purple brand or you know like because there's always you know sometimes they they got cool stuff but yeah it's just nobody watches 205 live to give it a nickname correct no i mean you know like main event is the a show and um what's nxt that i guess the black and gold brand you know mara will throw that in every so often nigel says it a few times here and there i don't know if the kids call it the black and gold but you know they do, at least. The raw ratings were good again this week. Fantastic, yeah. Up from last week. So uh, things are looking yeah. good. Up from I mean, down, down from literally any other time in history, but up from last week. So that's fine. Yeah. Fourth, fourth, fourth lowest rated raw of all time. 23% down from last year's show year over year. Which is actually good, if you think about it. Third hour was barely over 2 million viewers. 2.08 million viewers. An absolute bloodbath, and there are people defending it by saying it was up versus last week, which is not false. I mean, <laughs> it's not it was wrong. Going, it was going to be up versus last week by accident, by virtue of no basketball or hockey, and this happens every year. And it was barely up over last week, which is which is the scary part. I mean, I thought I even fired out a tweet last week saying. How much do you think Raw will bounce back this week? Because I really genuinely thought it would bounce back a bit. I did with the basketball over and the yeah, hockey. Yeah, well, I mean, over. it stands to reason that, yeah, and all of your big sports are done. And, and, you know, yes, it's, it's summer, but like 
those the, the direct competition you have between them. And we saw that too. I think there's always this this thing where you know people that look at the raw ratings and and either cite basketball and hockey games and other sports or don't cite them or whatever. But you can even see through if you track the ratings as they're kind of progressing. Is the second game start like a, a second NBA Finals game start? People just fall off. They stop watching Raw. So we know for a fact that it's people that that watch Raw. Until something else comes on, and then they go and watch something else. <laughs> well, in this case, they just didn't even come back. They just said, "Yeah, you know what? I'm good this week. I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna barbecue. I'm gonna walk the dog. I'm gonna do anything else but watch Raw." But those people did not come back in, in, in big numbers. Yeah, it, they didn't. It, it's up so slightly over last week that it's like statistically insignificant. It's like people did not come back. So I, in the first ten minutes of the show, will take my public L because people on Twitter were replying to my tweet saying it's not gonna bounce back. I don't think it's going to go up. And I mocked all of those people. I said, it's got to go up. The basketball and the hockey's over. It always goes up. Rich, it didn't go up. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is, people are defending this as, oh, it's up versus, uh, this, uh, we're showing some signs. This might be the scariest week yet. I think so too. Yeah. I, like the, the bloodbaths against like really good NBA finals games are fun to kind of laugh at and, and kind of go, oh my God, they got destroyed. But I get it. Like you're talking about like, you know, game six, game sevens, and like these big time things, big time hockey games, big time basketball games, even Monday night footballs. I like, I kind of point and go, oh my God, geez, they got killed by Monday night football because more people would rather watch, you know, that than this. But like those are all kind of with the understanding that, yeah, I mean, those are our are, are ju juggernauts that they're up against they're they're gone <laughs> there's nothing right now i mean there's nothing until football kicks up in 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 you know what obviously what september i think uh, was the first Monday night football game if i remember yeah, correctly it might even be late august uh at this point but like that's bad like that, that these this is the window where they usually like things kind of look a little up or a little bit more positive and for them to not jump bunk you know jump back at all or or, or very little is ugh, there's is. no there, there's no spin to this number there's no positive spin whatsoever it's awful um, and I and I'm genuinely surprised. I, I really thought it would bounce. It would bounce back. I thought people would return, but like you said, uh, they have not. But as far as the purple brand, you actually watched it this week. I thought I, I went on the TV reviews and just raved about it. I thought it was an awesome show with the two matches. What did you make quickly? Because we'll get to the G1 here. That's what people want to hear about. Are you what sure did, they don't want to hear about 205 last week's 205 live? Well, anybody, I think that's what they may have came from. They may have came for last week's 205 live review. It was an awesome show, and you never watch. So there's an opportunity. They, they list the, the subscribers, www.patreon.com slash voice of wrestling, three price tiers to fit every budget. On the $5 tier, you get the uh, Thursday TV reviews where I talk about 205 Live every week. The subscribers hear me talk about 205 Live every week. They never get a chance to hear you talk about 205 Live. This was a great show. What did you make of the finish of Chad Gable, Jack Gallagher? So obviously, I know the, the the very famous finish. If people haven't seen it yet, is um, they're on the outside. I think uh, Gable does what it was a tiger suplex or some sort of underhook. I think it was a double underhook German, or I forget exactly what it was. Uh, it, so he puts it on Gallagher, and and they do the tease, the similar kind of New Japan style. If you've watched any major New Japan show in the last three years or whatever, you've seen this, where you know both guys are are, are groggy. It's eight. You know, one guy rolls in. Obviously, in Japan, it's eighteen or whatever. It's nineteen or whatever. Um, so Gable's in, he's right. He's, you know, he's waiting for Gallagher and then Gallagher at nine pops up and he does some, I don't even know what he was trying to do, but essentially doesn't get his body all the way up into the ring. And, and Mike Kyoto, who I, I, when I heard that there was like this ref that fucked up or what I assumed it was like some, you know, 
entry level referee or some new guy or whatever. It's fucking Mike Chioda. He's been there for what 40 years at this point, for God's sake. Uh, so he counts him out, and you can see first off the disappointment in Gable's face, who's just like, Oh my god, are you fucking kidding? Because this is like his big debut, his big moment, and you know these guys are having a hell of a match at this point, too. An awesome, awesome match. And you know they probably had an awesome finishing sequence ready to go. Well, that's out of the window. Gallagher's like, what the fuck, dude? I rolled in. Like, why, why did you count me out? Like, I'm and and to be fair, most of his body is in the ring, and I, I get it. And it's this weird sort of thing that's, and I know you talked about it in the TV reviews, where WWE teaches the referees to shoot, you know, count it like a shoot. If their shoulders are down, count the three. If they're out of the ring, count the ten or whatever. But it's one of these situations where, like, ah, you know, give this guy a little bit of a leeway. Like, it's it's not like he was completely down on the ground or whatever. He like had slid in almost all the way, but a part of his leg was still on the outside when they count the ten or whatever. So yeah, I thought like. It really, I mean, it, it's it just sucked the life out of what was a really awesome match. But in a way, it like I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would, and it really didn't destroy my expectations of the match all that much. Because when it was over, I still said, "Hey, those guys had a hell of a match. That's a hell of a debut for Gable and Gallagher impressed the hell out of me." Uh, it was just a real kind of wonky way to finish it, and then it was made worse by the fact that the main event was going to be like a dusty finish angle with the referees at the end. So I'm like, damn, like, right. like people, if you don't know that that was like a genuine fuck up, like most people, you, you know, you and yeah. I know, and most people listen to this know that the Gallagher Gable thing was a fuck up. That was not supposed to happen. If you didn't know that you're like, dude, they're really heavy on like the referee angles on this episode of 205 yeah. Live, which had to just also drive everybody nuts too. Cause it's like, fuck, like the one week we're going to do a heavy referee angle in the main event is the week that the referee fucks up and 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 just kind of destroys this entire thing. I guess I guess Gallagher fucked up if you want to say. I, I to me it's the referee. I would just let them slide a little bit. That's kind of my thought on the case. But I get why WWE tells them to work it like a shoot or whatever. But um you know, I thought it was kind of interesting and you pointed this out too that Gable uh when it was over ran over to, to, to the corner was like give me the mic i want to talk i like i want to say something i want to say something like was like no 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 no. we gotta go and then gable just had to like sit in the ring and like kiss the, towards the crowd for like a minute as they sign off or whatever which kind of stunk too because I'm, I'm curious what he was going to say he was going to try to save it and yeah. do something organic but you know you're not allowed to do that in that no company. god no, no no you no. can't do anything organic that nothing that might get somebody over can't do can't have that but you know they, I, I don't mind that they tell the refs to call it like a shoot because they don't want the refs to look like idiots. I understand that. The problem I had with this, though, is Gallagher's body was essentially in the ring. Right. He could have let this one go, and he wouldn't have looked like a fool. The right, that's what I mean. If, if Gallagher's on the outside, and he's on the ground, and you're counting nine, uh, nine. Like, yeah, that looks stupid. But, like, all that was, like, his ankle was still, like, near the apron like you can let that go <laughs> like you can it was say, close, close enough, enough. To, yeah it was close enough to where the ref could have just stopped the count nobody would have even thought about that spot again so i think he was a little too who it was kyota is, is that the ref he was, uh, it was he, yeah my kyota yeah he was a little too hardcore there in that instance but the four-way without the finish where tozawa gulak i guess they're gonna have a singles match this week i would assume that's my WWE main roster match of the year. Fucking rocked. Yeah, that was a great match. That's a big reason why I watched this entire episode. I wanted to see the Gable uh, uh, Gallagher finish. But yeah, the four-way, man. Yeah, if you have not seen that yet from the uh, last week's 205 Live, go out of your way and watch that four-way. That is, I, it's hard to say if it'd be my WWE match of the year. Are we counting NXT or you're, you're saying main roster? Main 205 roster. 205 Live is quote-unquote main roster. Okay. Ooh, yeah. I mean, having watched all the pay-per-views, you might shockingly be right. Well, what are your other serious contenders? Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I thought that match kind of, yeah, you know. I wasn't super high on that. I, I, I thought it was a, a really good match, but I didn't, I, you know. I would I, take this I, one over that. If we're doing, like, what, what would you choose this or over that, I would definitely choose this four-way. Okay, how about, how about the Andrade-Rey Mysterio matches? Uh, ooh, 
those are tough. I'd almost have to go back and rewatch some of those. Like there was that one on what was it SmackDown? I want to say that they had that I really, really, really liked. They're so, both on SmackDown, yeah. But, yeah. Um, how about I'll give you? I'll throw a couple more at you. Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor from Royal Rumble. Remember that um, short one with the where it was all about uh, Brock's uh, mid where Balor went after the midsection. Right. Oh yeah, that was good. I like that, but I probably like this four way a little bit better. That that's like a I, I like the match structure of that one. I probably had fun watching that match more than I did, but like. I still think this one, in terms of like what I would call a match of the year, uh, I'm going to go with the 205 Live. Four way. Okay, how about how about Elimination Chamber? Where Kofi no. got it. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, let me think as I go through it's the a bad year. year. <laughs> it's a bad in order. Year. It's not a great year for the main roster. It wasn't last year either. Uh, WrestleMania really only had Kofi, Daniel Bryan. Unless you were a big fan, were you a big fan of Brock Rollins that uh, night? Uh, nah, remember. nah, not really. Um. There was a Buddy Murphy Akira Tozawa cruiserweight match that was, uh, but if you don't if you don't even have any recollection of it, I doubt you think I that one would yeah, be better. Doesn't ring a bell. Um, those are the main ones that I'm that are coming to my mind. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing a couple. Maybe the listeners can throw some at us. But to me, I think this four way on two hundred five live edges out the Daniel Bryan Kofi Kingston match and a couple of the others I mentioned. I think the um, the Brock. Finn Balor match would be the other one that I'd have in, in my personal contention for main roster match year. I like the Elimination Chamber match. I'd have that a notch below. I'd have Ray Andrade, the I believe second one, um, a notch below. Maybe the first one of one was clearly better than the other. I can't right there, there was also a uh, Styles uh, Rollins match at Money in the Bank that I think I enjoyed a lot as well. Styles but. Rollins Money in the Bank. Oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. That was yeah, that was all right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you really break it down that way, look, it's like I think you can go with any one of those that we mentioned and not be too – because they're all of similar quality, and we haven't had the one surefire, kick-ass, way better than everything else WWE main roster match yet. Would you agree with that? Oh, I don't for sure, that. yeah. No, there's not one that like everybody points to and goes, no, that is the match this year for sure. No, that, we haven't had that yet. Yeah, and you can't count NXT because there, there's probably 10 NXT matches better than – anything that's been on the main roster. I mean, how many takeovers have there been? There's at least three matches on every takeover because um, the takeovers are incredible. But, um, but yeah, Rich checking in with the, with the purple brand. Yeah. I like, I might start, I might start watching it again. I like, I, I, you know, I like the idea that everything's just fucking shoot. Like nobody, they know nobody's watching. So the commentators are jacking around the, 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 all the stories about how Drake Maverick's a terrible general manager and he's too busy fucking around on raw chasing the 24 seven title. And he's got no rebuttal towards it. Everyone's like, yeah, well, where have you been? And he's like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I like yeah. that. They address that. Uh, Nigel. I love that. My favorite part of the entire episode is when Chad Gable comes out and Nigel just goes, <laughs> I love this. I think you talked about it on the review too, where he just goes, we have so many guys here with uh, issues that need resolving. And why do we need more people here? I forget the exact quote, but essentially just like, Jesus, do we really need another guy in this brand? We have a bunch of dudes doing nothing. Like what the hell are we doing? But then at the end, he was just like, whatever, it's Jack Gable. But I, I love a little bit of like Nigel shooting there. Cause that was not like, like in character that doesn't make any sense though. Does it like that had to just be like Nigel just being like, Oh really? Come on. Like we have 10 guys on this, like, 10 guys in this roster doing nothing. Why do we need another guy that, that's going to eventually do nothing? But I enjoyed that part, but yeah, everyone's just shooting. Aiden English is just fucking around on commentary. So I enjoyed it. Nigel says a lot of shit like that. Two weeks ago, Drake Maverick stopped in the middle of a backstage segment to chase our truth down the hallway. So Ooh, some continuity. This has been a, yeah, they hired uh, the continuity editor for uh, stuff like this. 
Yeah, and Noam Dar's so upset with uh, with Drake that he's threatening to go to NXT UK. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." That was kind of that was kind of funny. Dude. Where he kind of belongs because he's good on that show, and he's atrocious on 205 Live. Nobody's worse than the Singh brothers, though. They are so bad. They are an utterly useless act. Yeah, does that happen every week? That thing. Yes, and they're, oh. they're they're terrible. How bad are the Singh brothers? That was not great. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably do a little fast forward through that every uh, every week because as great as they are, they're as really Jinder, good too. They're as, awesome. The, as as great as they are in the in the role as Jinder's bump takers, that's how bad they are as as wrestlers. Like their matches are so bad and so boring, but they're so awesome just bumping around for Jinder. So. I don't know. I, I know they have no use for gender and they don't use gender anymore, but those guys would be much better suited as just, you know, wearing a suit and hanging out with gender Mahal. But what are we doing here? We got the G1 to talk yeah, about. We got a lot of stuff too, but that was, that was our, uh, our trip towards last week's two or five live. So, uh, come back next week when we uh, preview, uh, Maybe I'll watch like one from a month ago and we could talk about that. We'll just work our way backwards through two or five live. And please don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. But I, I, I'll, I'll keep up with the purple brand. That was that was that was an easy 40 minute this watch. This is so. such a good show that you're coming back next week. Isn't that kind of the idea? That's what Raw doesn't do anymore, right? I mean, that's kind of the idea. You, you want pe- you want to be good enough where people come back, right? Uh, yeah, because I fell off, and now I'm like, all right, I'll check it out, and it probably it, it'll probably stink, but <laughs> I have a lot more Mike and Maria Canellis probably next week, but that's fine. But anyway, yeah, let's get to this G1 here. All right, so let's look at the G1. We've got. Um, quite the field. This, I think, is the most consensus. I haven't seen any dissension. People love this field. It's got a bunch of new blood, which is one of your points of contention every year. You like to see new blood in the G1. You don't like to see the same guys over and over. Uh, it's got two loaded blocks. I think one is slightly better than the other. But I think both of them have potential weaknesses that can jump forward and, and, and sink them, which we can get into in a minute. But let's start with the uh, five, uh, six men, actually, who will be making their G1 debuts. We've got the junior champion, Will Ospreay. We've got Kenta, who announced his intentions at Dominion. We've got Jeff Cobb, which most people expected. Shingo, who announced his intentions at Dominion as well. Uh, Taichi who they really slow played that during the live announcement with him at ringside. And then the crowd just absolutely went bonkers when that little bird that flies around in his uh, video. there. <laughs> and then of course, John Moxley, who announced his intentions at Dominion as well. And then uh, Lance Archer coming back to the G1 the first time since 2014. So really seven fresh faces compared to last year. That's going to happen when you have, uh, the elite guys and 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 Mike Elgin and some others no longer being with the company, and then they bump some other people out like Tamatanga and whatnot. So a very eclectic field, a very fresh field, two balanced and loaded blocks. Uh, the, the blocks themselves, the A block, we've got Okada, Zack Sabre Jr., Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, Evil and Sonata, Bad Luck Fale, and then uh, Lance Archer, Willow Spray, and Kenta. Rich, the A block, 
what do you make of the A block, first of all? Quick thoughts on the A block, and then we'll uh, do the B block. Okay, so as far as the A block, I, I think, and, and I don't know exactly what your stance is on the blocks, I think I like the A block a little bit better, and I think a big reason why is those three guys at the bottom that you mentioned. Someone like a Lance Archer, who I think does well against almost every different type of style. Like We know he's going to have a good match against like a guy like Will Ospreay. We know against guys like Okada and Saber. Like, he's going to be able to have a, a lot of really fun matches against a lot of different opponents, so I like him a lot. Of course, Will Ospreay, you know, I'm, all eyes are on him to see what he can do in this tournament, and, and, and there's no question looking at the guys. He's going to have a match with Cody Ibushi, Tanahashi, Okada, Saber, Kenta, you know, Lance Archer, we saw a match with those guys earlier this year, and, and even guys like Evil Sonata, uh, you know, everybody but Bad Luck Fale, really, I'm anticipating Will Ospreay's match, and I'm actually kind of fascinated to see what he does with against, you know, a guy like a Bad Luck Fale. So you really look at that, and there's, again, another guy that every single matchup across the board is, is good, and then the final name there is probably the name I'm most excited about in this G1, and that's Kenta. You know, a how does he deliver, and 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 can he deliver? Can he keep up with the tournament the entire way? Can he can he stay healthy throughout? I I think he will be able to, but we'll see. That'll kind of be the story of it. But also because look at all the fresh matchups again, and that's the thing that every G one I look for more than anything is okay. What are the fresh matchups? What are the interesting things? What are things we've never seen before? We've never seen Kenta against any of these guys. You know what I mean? Like these are all fresh matchups. We're gonna get Kenta versus Okada, which is just like Jesus Christ. Like that is one of my like dream matches of all time is to see those guys. Kenta, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and. and Kata, one of my favorites of all time. So it's like right then and there, you got it. You got Kenta versus X Saber Jr., Kenta versus Tanahashi, Kenta versus Kota, Kenta versus Will Ospreay. Like there's just so much in that 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 block that really, other than Bad Luck Folly, I don't see a guy and, and maybe evil to an extent, uh, a guy that's really going to drag this block down. So for me, the A block definitely stands out. And uh, what one other point I wanted to bring up when, when I brought, was talking about Will Ospreay too, the idea of the junior champion being in there and, and the fascinating part about his booking and how that's going to go. Uh, the, the last I can remember, and I kind of did some research, 2001 was the last time I think they allowed juniors, quote unquote, uh, in this tournament. It was Liger and Minoru Tanaka uh, were invitees into the G1 that year. So we're talking 2019 to 2001, unless I'm wrong, unless there was one in between there as like a true, quote unquote, junior that's a huge for Will Ospreay, too. So I'm really fascinated to see how the booking goes there. But, I mean, between those three guys at the bottom of the block, I mean, those guys are all interesting matchups, all fun matchups. And, and overall, I think the save block's pretty loaded. Yeah. The only person in this block that makes you roll your eyes is Fale. Fale stinks. And he's the worst person in the entire tournament. So, but the rest of the block, solid as fuck. I agree with you on those three guys. Um, the one interesting thing I see here is with Will Ospreay being put in this block, it, it tells me that they're serious about him being a heavyweight player moving forward. Because if you notice, Rich, he's got a million rematches in this block, which means they're saving all of his matches with the guys in the other block. He's already faced Okada. He's already faced Zack Sabre Jr. a million times. He's already faced Kota Ibushi, Wrestle Kingdom. He's faced Fale. He's faced Lance Archer. He's got a lot of rematches, which means they're saving a lot of Willow Spray's other stuff. With the only, guy in the, the only guy in the other block that he's ever faced is Jay White at the anniversary show. And I guess Cobb, but Cobb's a, an outsider, so he doesn't really count. Shingo's a junior. But but all of those other big-time heavyweights, he hasn't faced yet, whether it's Naito or Ishii or Moxley. Um, you know, so those are the primary ones. Uh, Juice, too, for that matter. So they've got him in a block where he's got a bunch of rematches. Uh, Kenta, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a real wild card. I mean, but this is my favorite wrestler of all time. And he looks like he's in great shape, and he looks like he's determined to deliver. And, uh, you know, he, he had a lot of low-key, excellent matches on 205 Live when nobody was paying attention in his last, you know, several months in the company. And that's when he was overweight and unmotivated. So if he's in shape and he's motivated to impress people, 
um, you know, he, it just, he, he's a guy that you almost forget is in this block. Right. Yeah. You know, he he kind of sneaks other. up on you. Not one smile either. You keep bringing this up. Not one fucking smile out of the Kenta yet, which is. No, he's not great. cracking smiles. He's down to business. He's not eating pancakes, cracking smiles. He's fucking Kenta. I think that one interview was just, I am not, I am Kenta. It's like, that's it. I don't want him to say another thing the rest of the tournament that we, he said it all right there in a stoic voice. I am Kenta. The end. We're good. We don't need anything else. Then you got Okada, Saber, Tanahashi, and Ibushi, of course, which when they were doing the live announcement, it's like, Jesus, everybody in this block, this is an incredible block. So the B block, we've got Naito, Tomohiro Ishii, Juice Robinson, Toru Yano, Hiroki Goto, Jay White, Jeff Cobb, Shingo Takagi, Taichi, and John Moxley. To me, it's a slight notch below the A block on paper. I look at this block, and what instantly jumps out at me is the opposite of what jumped out on me at Will Ospreay. It seems to me they're keeping Moxley away from a bunch of people as opposed to, you know, he, he, they're keeping him away from Okada, Zack Sabre Jr., Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi. Um, and I think that's by design. They're saving all of Moxley's big singles matches with the exception of Naito. You can't save them all. Um, you know, for some point down the line, those are all potential headlining main event level matches. And they put him in a block where he can get the Juice Robinson rematch again, which is going to be on the final night. And, uh, and and he'll have the Naito match, of course, and he'll have an incredible match, I think, with Ishii. I think those guys will, will, will mesh very well. Um, but this is, uh, I think, a slight notch below on paper. Doesn't mean it'll turn out that way. Rich, I think both blocks have some very obvious pitfalls or flaws that could happen. I'll get to those after you give a quick assessment of what you think of the B block. Yeah, I, I'm probably with you, and I, I, I'm sure there are people listening that m much more prefer the B block over the A block. But the A block is basically like you and I, and and I know you know <laughs> several people that listen to this. Like this is our wheelhouse, man, in terms of like top top tier wrestlers and guys that we really like, and and guys that we've always talked about on the show that 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 you and I, you know. Some of our favorite of all time, <laughs> you know. Some of our favorites are in that block, uh, whereas the B block is like there's some good guys. That, like I'm not, you know, sliding on the B block. It's still a very awesome block. I mean, it's this fucking 2019 G1, which is absolutely stacked. But there are your guys, like there's your Yano's, and we'll get to that in a bit. And and yes, we know why Yano's in the tournament. Yes, we know. Just before we get those tweets or whatnot, we'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, you got your guy like Yano, a uh, Jay White. I'm very, very, very fascinated to see what Jay White does in this tournament. Obviously, last year he was really trying to build up the "Hey, I'm a heel character. Look how evil I am" type guy. And that sort of dragged down a lot of the matches. A lot of the matches were, were mired in interference or him being a chicken shit and all that sort of stuff. And I'm very fascinated to see if he's kind of moved past that and instead is just kind of a guy that's out there working hard as opposed to just trying to get his character over. Because again, that's another guy that I, I have a question mark next to. If I'm putting little marks next to guys, the A block, the mark I have is bad luck folly because he fucking stinks. You know what I mean? Like the little check mark yeah. or whatever the hell you want to call it. As this one, I have Yano, who we know what the Yano thing is going to be. We'll talk about that in a sec. You have Jay White. I'm putting a check mark there because I, I don't know. I don't know what his style is going to be in this tournament. Um, a guy like a Jeff Cobb, I'm not worried at, uh, about it at all. Shingo Takagi, I'm not worried about it at all. Taichi, I put a check mark next to there. I don't know. I don't know what we're getting from Taichi. He's had a very good year, but sometimes you get the bullshit with him. I, is this going to be a tournament full of bullshit or is it going to be Taichi working his ass off? I don't know. Got to put a check mark next to there. John Moxley, another guy who I love the character. I love everything they're doing with John Moxley right now in New Japan. I don't know how the work's going to be, you know, especially in the rigors of a G1 Climax tournament for a guy that's been off all these months and all that sort of stuff. So I got to put another check mark there of like, I don't know what he's going to do uh, throughout this tournament. And then you have your guys like Naito, no doubt what he's going to do. He's going to go out there and kill it every single night. Ishii, go out there and kill it every single night. And Juice Robinson, we've seen him be able to kill it every night uh, as well. I, I'll add Goto to that mix as well. Goto always has really great G1s. So like, 
those guys I'm not worried about, but there's enough guys in this block that I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know. Like, what are we going to get from Taichi? What are we going to get from Moxley? What are we going to get from a, a Jay White? Those are the ones that really, to me, can maybe make or bake, uh, break this block. If those guys all go out there and bust their ass and, and have good tournaments, then then I'm, I'm excited about the B block. But until I see it, I, I, I just I, I have a little bit of caution about the B block. And that's the reason why it should, I, you know, I, I think the A block's a little stronger. Here's the question marks I have for the A block. The A block can really be dragged down significantly if Kenta is indeed washed up and if Hiroshi Tanahashi wrestles the way he's wrestled over the last couple weeks. Yeah, he's had a, he's he's looking rough for the first time ever. In a, uh, yeah, that's so, not looking good. If those two guys are washed up or have bad tournaments, it greatly drags down the A block at that point because then you also have the worst guy in the tournament in the block too with with Fale. Those are my two big question marks in that block. I don't really have any other question marks in the A block. I think everybody else is a pretty safe bet to deliver. The B block, my question, let's set Yano aside. I don't, I don't care about Yano. To me, Yano and Fale are a wash because Fale is going to be awful. And Yano will be more entertaining than Fale, but he's not for me. And I'm bored of him after night two. I, he can only take the turnbuckle pad off so many times before right. I'm yawning. I and just, by the way, listen to every preview of every G1 we've had in the last five years for our thoughts on, on, yeah. on the Yano thing. We don't need to do it again. We know why he's in the tournament. We understand. Yes, we know he plays a role. We both just don't want it anymore. So, <laughs> so it's just, it's whatever. I don't, his presence doesn't bother me. I understand why he's there. Um, but I, him and Fowler are awash. Both their matches are always going to be for me. Uh, go make a sandwich. Okay. My question marks in the B block are um, Moxley. Look, I think some nights he's going to go out there and fucking kill it. But we've talked about this, Rich. I do think there's two or three duds in him where he just doesn't mesh with a guy or it's just um, what what he's trying to do doesn't land. It would not shock me if he has two or three matches like that that just don't work. And it wouldn't shock me at all if he has two or three that are just out of this world where he has, like if he has tremendous chemistry with Ishii or Goto or somebody like that, and and we know that he could have a great match with Juice, and they're going to have a rematch. Um, you know, those matches are going to be fantastic. But I, to me, I have to call him a question mark. The other guy is Jay White because we don't know how he's going to work it. His tournament was very annoying last year uh, because he was busy trying to get a character over. Um, if he's if there's a lot of shenanigans with Gato or this and that, he can have another uh, very annoying tournament, and his matches can become a drag. But if he works it like he's been working recently where it's just the finish can come out of nowhere and he's just sleazy enough to get over as a heel, but he's not out and out, you know, just doing constant shenanigans with the referee and with his manager, then I think he could have a good tour. But it could really go either way with Jay White. Taichi's another one. We've seen Taichi go out there. And when he plays it mostly straight, he could go out there and have a great match. We've seen him do it. Yeah, this year he's had an awesome year when he's delivering and when he's trying, and then he's had you know his his his, his typical Taichi stuff, and and who knows? Yeah, what who knows? We're gonna get this tournament. Now, I like a little bit of Taichi stuff because that's who he is. The problem is when it gets overdone. If he's dragging the mic stand in, and if his valet is 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 pulling the ref aside every match, and it's like the old school Taichi bullshit. That's going to be awful. Well, particularly so, in this block as well, because there's a chance that he's going to be following or directly after a Yano match, which we know what that's going to be. You know what I mean? Like we know that you're going to get filled with bullshit in that match. So it's one of these things where you're like, ah, oh, geez, like 
is it going to be a situation if, if Taichi was alone in his block and Yana was gone and he was replaced with whoever insert random guy I don't know that I'd be that much more annoyed like you're saying but the the fact is that when you see guy like a guy like Yano do his his garbage and and maybe Fale doing his stuff and Jay White potentially doing his stuff that when Taichi comes out and he's dragging the mic stand doing all, you're like okay all right let's go like come on I don't need to see another guy doing this shit and that's my biggest worry with, with him and Yano in the same block my feeling is Taichi's probably going to have two or three awesome matches and a couple of matches that are just flat out awful. And then I think Jeff Cobb's a question mark. And the reason I say that is he's very up and down and inconsistent everywhere he wrestles with the exception of Ring of Honor. For whatever reason in Ring of Honor, he's fucking incredible. The Shane Taylor match and the Hangman Page match and all of the other TV stuff I've seen. Jeff Cobb and Ring of Honor is just like, for whatever reason, like a perfect comp. It just has worked out perfectly. And he comes off like a superstar. Love him in Ring of Honor. Everywhere else I've seen Jeff Cobb, he's been up and down. Whether it's uh, in the Evolve run or PWG, where I don't love everything he does. Um, you know, so it's like, I, I, I'm not sure about Cobb. But here's the thing. These are just question marks. You know, it, like if, if my confidence in Cobb delivering is pretty solid, but I, I'd, I'd say I'm 75% confident that he delivers to his potential in this tournament. But there's that 25% where I'm not sure. sure. Same thing with Moxley. It's like I'm 80% confident he'll deliver, but there's that 20% part of me that says, okay, sometimes he's going to do stuff that doesn't land. Taichi, I'm like 50-50 because I don't know what we're going to get. Jay White scares the shit out of me. I have no clue what I'm getting out of Jay White. So here's the thing. If all four of those guys are like, you know, shaky, the B block can get ugly. Tetsuya Naito, I don't worry about him. But I'll say this about Naito. He always gets off to a, a relatively slow start in the G1. You ever notice that? And then it's like you're nine nights in. Yeah, and then he's like the fucking best for like two weeks. <laughs> you know, you're like nine nights in and he's not in anyone's top five. Like, right. oh yeah, Naito's in this thing too. It's always that way. And then like you hit the final three nights and he just fucking kills it, and then he's in everybody's top five. And he has, like, the best match in the tournament. So I don't worry about Naito. I, of course I don't worry about Ishii. Ishii is always a threat to be the MVP of the whole thing. I don't worry about Juice. I don't worry about Goto at all. Goto's awesome. Uh, Yano, we're throwing him out. It doesn't matter. And Shingo, I'm not worried about. Shingo, I think, is going to go out there and be good in all of his matches. Will his opponent always be good? I don't know, because I have questions about four of those dudes. But I know I have no no qualms at all that Shingo's gonna go out there and put in Shingo performances every night. So I have more questions about the B block. The problem is if you eliminate Tanahashi and Kenta from the equate I mean that really drastically hurts the A block. You're right. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. Uh, you know, the, the potential of both those guys not delivering. I just kind of I guess I take Tanahashi for granted because I think he's just always can kind of turn it on or whatnot. But it's been it's been rough for him these last few weeks. So that's worry. And then yeah, I the Kenta blow up potential is is definitely there. I don't think so. If like if I'm a betting man, I think he's gonna go out there and, and be awesome. But you're right. There's there's the possibility that, or the possibility they just get hurt, or he can't hold up to the rigors, or whatever. We'll we'll, we'll definitely have to see. But those those are worse, two huge blows. To it's two about. huge blows. It's like worse if those guys are washed up than if Taichi doesn't deliver. Like who cares if Taichi doesn't deliver? You know what I mean? It's like, but if Kenta or Tanahashi don't deliver, or both, like that's a huge blow, a much bigger blow than like if Taichi or Jeff Cobb don't deliver. So 
interesting, but I, I, I wanted to, you know, everyone's going to fawn over the blocks because they're great blocks and they're balanced and this is a loaded field. But I wanted to point out some of the potential pitfalls that there are in each block. Um, let's go over each guy now and we'll do what we do every year. And I want you to tell me, uh, you know, do they have a realistic chance of winning the entire tournament? Uh, number one. And then we'll briefly talk about what kind of tournament we think we're going to get out, uh, out of them. Let's start in the B block, and we'll start with Moxley. Does Moxley have a legitimate chance of winning the tournament? Rich Krejci, you are up first. Uh, nah, I don't think so. No, because you're asking him to then headline. Now, two Dome shows. Does that change your mind? Uh, not really. I just think that we're too muddy with AEW kicking off in, in the fall and whatnot. So, we'll, And we'll get to that here in a sec, obviously, with Moxley. But uh, I think he's there as kind of an attraction for right now, but I don't think he's anybody that you say, yeah, we're definitely going to go to the Dome uh, with him. So so I'm, I'm a pretty heavy no on him. Okay. Now, you do expect him to be a player going into the final three nights. Um, He's got juice in the final night of the block, if, if you need a little. Yeah, help. you're right. That That is... He's probably going to be a player. I mean, he is a champion, so they're obviously going to protect him over over non-champions, uh, if if possible. Uh, Juice doing a, a big upset on the final night seems like a pretty. Uh, I, I'd say he's in the mix. I, I think he's in the mix. I don't think he's like a. I, I don't know how to put it. Like, I don't think I'll ever truly believe he's a contender, but I think he might be in the mix in kayfabe standpoint of of being near the block. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. I agree. I think he'll be in the mix right till his final match. I think Juice upsets him and knocks him out, and then I think it comes down to Naito and Jay White. That's what I think. So I think, yeah, Moxley, I think he'll have an excellent record going into that juice match, maybe one or two losses, maybe two losses. And then um, that loss will eliminate him and the, and the block will come down to Naito White. So I'm with you. I think Cape Fabe wise, he's a, he's a player, but realistically, I don't think he can win um, the, the G1. Now, can he win the block? Because we always talk about that too. You can always have one block winner, you know, the Goto thing that we always reference where it's not a guy who maybe necessarily can win the whole tournament, but anyone can win a block if the guy from the other block is going to win the tournament. So do you give Moxley any kind of chance to win his block? A little bit of a chance. Like I'm still of the mindset, and we'll get to it when we talk about you know the, the top of this B block, I'm still of the, the mind that Naito's going and winning this G1. So for me, then that sort of eliminates, obviously, Moxley. But for your standpoint, you, you've been talking about Kotobushi for a while, and I don't know if you've kind of changed off that uh, based off the schedule and the, and the block placement or whatnot. But if you're under the assumption that someone like Ibushi or, or even Okada as a champion uh, wins, which you know, seems pretty unlikely, but we'll talk about it when we get there, uh, then I could see Moxley doing it. But for me, I can't personally say that because I, I do think Naito's going through and winning the entire block but but I can absolutely see it if like another scenario plays out like where Kotobushi or, or, or whoever from the A block I think he's very very realistically uh, could find his way in, in the block championship but yeah not ultimately winning the G1 okay so Moxley is not working Dallas we've got to address this yes this was New Japan got ahead of this by putting out a little press release and putting out some tweets before they announced the card lineups now, he was never advertised for Dallas. That is important to note. So it's not like they pulled him from, an, from a card that, you know, they never advertised him for Dallas. So, but they still chose to get ahead of it and say that he wasn't going to be there, which I found, well, I have a theory as to why I think they did that. And uh, as we found out, as we speculated, um, it's an AEW thing. Moxley is not going to be able to work any shows in the United States once that, what's that date? 9-1, I guess, is the date for everybody for the indie dates and everything else. Right, right, right. Yeah, that are not 
AEW dates. And well, this isn't even past nine one, but I guess they're just his deal, I guess, says he can't work. Um, non AEW. I guess they just don't want him working the New Japan date. I mean, because he's working NEW dates. But um, but at any rate, he won't be in Dallas. New Japan jumped ahead of it. Um, Rich, what do you make of this? You wrote yes. an article on the site. Yeah, so I have a, I have a, a column right now up on VoicesWrestling.com. If you want to read that, uh, this is a weird one because I saw a lot of people with their battle lines of, oh well, it's New Japan is doing this because the, and AEW is doing it because of this, and they're the bad guy, and that's the bad guy, and and I'm ultimately kind of like, I don't think anybody's really the bad person in this. I don't think anyone's really the bad guy in this. I think ultimately it's just a lot of different parties. Maybe selfishly, I, I won't say it's not selfishly, but selfishly in their best interest is deciding, you know, AEW saying, hey, yeah, you can work Japan and do everything else, but no, you can't work America. No, you can't work a New Japan show. And and again, like, do I think that it's like, oh my God, if, if I saw John Moxley on this New Japan in Dallas, like, I'm not going to go to AEW or John Moxley. I never buy into that. I, I think that's kind of bullshit most times when, when companies try to do that, but they're well in their contracted rights. If they said, hey, John Moxley, we'll sign you to this deal, but you can't work Japan in the US. And he said, well, there's enough money on the table here. So that sounds good to me then that's fine. Like they bargained it and that's sort of the contract and, and I can't really get too upset about it. And I don't think it's like super, we'll get to the AW part of it here in a little bit, but yeah, anyway, that's their kind of stance of it. And new Japan, I think is at like almost no fault whatsoever because they essentially never booked this guy to go on the, on that show. They was never announced that John Moxley was going to be there. And, and more to their credit is they got out ahead of it. And just in case, just in case, cause I, they could have absolutely. And I, and most companies probably would have just let it ride until maybe the final day and then say, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah, John Moxley's not going to be here. Or if a bunch of people ask, they might say, but maybe hope that some naive wrestling fans go, oh, John Moxley's in New Japan now. Oh, he's in the G1. I'll go buy tickets to this. Like, it would take a very naive fan to do that. But still, there might be a few of those that might buy a ticket because of that. Well, New Japan gets out ahead of it and says, hey, this guy that we never advertised is not actually going to be at the show, just so you know. Which I think is really cool that they did that. They didn't have to do that. Very, very. I, as I wrote in the, in the article, how often does a wrestling company advertise that a wrestler that wasn't advertised is not going to be there? You know, like they don't have to do that because it's just like you don't announce him and then he's not there. But they smartly said, OK, people are probably going to assume. And rightfully so. I think you and I both assumed, oh, well, Mox is coming yeah. to New Japan. Of course, that he's going to be a part of the Dallas thing. So they smartly realized that a lot of people are probably under the assumption that Moxie was going to find his way out of the show in some form or fashion. So they got out ahead of it and said, no, 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 look, he's not going to be on the show, which I think, again, is, is a really smart idea by them. And a really good idea by them. And then Moxley, he signed whatever deal he wants. Like he, he, he obviously got an, enough of a good deal from AEW that he's fine being off of this show. And he got enough of a good deal uh, from New Japan to go to Japan and do shows there. So it's like, I, I don't know. There's not really a bad guy in this situation. Everyone's just kind of acting in their own best interest, even if it's kind of selfishly and even if it results in, you know, Moxley not being on the Dallas show. But I don't, I just, I don't think it's that big of a deal to, to me, honestly. No, it's, First of all, if he was allowed to be on the show, he'd be on the show. Can we yes. please get that out of the way? Yes. Because <laughs> there's a lot of weirdos out there saying, well, if Taichi's not there and he can't be facing the guy he's facing in his first match and a tag, then what's the point of booking him? The point of booking him is he's the hottest star in the world. I don't care if Taichi's there or not. If you have a chance to put Moxley on the show and you're legally allowed to do so or contractually allowed to do so or whatever, you put him on the show. You find a way. Okay, uh, you shoehorn him in there somehow, and it really doesn't matter whether it's a singles match against a young lion or working it, work him in in another one of the tags. If you can put him on your show, you put, you can bet if he was contractually allowed to work, they'd have him on that show There's against no anybody. Yeah, throw him against Clark Connors, have him roll around yes. in the ring and whatever. Just have him come out, walk out, go back in the back. He's yeah, he's the biggest star in wrestling. They'd find a way to shoehorn him into that show for sure. Yeah, so that's number one. Number two, I sense it, these two companies are frenemies right now. And there's a lot of passive aggressiveness 
And I think this is all part of the odd frenemy relationship that they have where AEW, and I don't think they're at fault for not letting them work the show. I don't. I think if they're within their rights to do that based on his contract, then I don't have a problem with them exercising that right. But I do think there's a little bit of passive aggressiveness to that. And I think there's a little bit of passive aggressiveness to New Japan putting that out yesterday before the lineups came out. I do. Because it was only about 12 hours before they put their lineups out. They could have let people wait another 12 hours to quietly find out that Moxley wasn't on the show. But what they chose to do was very loudly proclaim that Moxley wasn't going to be on the show 12 hours before they had to do so. And I think it was because they wanted to make a big deal out of the fact that AEW wasn't allowing him to work. The oh, show. of course. No, there was definitely a, a get out. Cause then if, if Mox is not on the show, then the negativity sort of goes to them. If they don't announce anything and it's kind of like, well, geez, why did you not, why is yeah. Mox not on the show? Why did you not book him or what the hell's going on? Or, Oh, we thought he was going to be on there. So I think there there's it, it twofold. And you're in, in like, you're saying it, I think it also, it gets out ahead of the story. It kind of lets everybody know, Hey, just don't buy tickets because of this. Just let you know the lineups are coming out. But like you said, it also is a little bit of, Hey, just let you know, like, you know, we would love to have them, but yeah, you know, there's some things are going on where we can't have, like their exact statement is uh, John Moxley has been confirmed as a participant of G1 climax 29. Unfortunately, Moxley will miss the G1 climax 29 opening day taking place at the American Airlines center in Dallas, Texas on July 6, 2019. Additionally, he will not be in attendance at the G1 climax press conference taking place on July 5th. I think that's a, that's a line that didn't need to be in there that I think they just wanted to yeah. maybe kind of say, hey, you know, we're not the petty rich, ones, but rich, yeah, they're, yeah. <laughs> rich, they're, they're turning the screw. Exactly. This, right. Like, this, this is all passive aggressive shots right, that right, both right. sides are taking. I mean, to me, that's what's going on here. Yeah. Moxie will join the G1 tour on July 13th in Tokyo. We appreciate your understanding. Yeah. So, um, and again, they didn't have to do that. And I, I, I agree. They did it for two reasons. Number one, to get ahead of it. And number two, to do their own passive aggressive lob to the other side and let people be angry because people were angry at AEW. It worked. That's where all the the anger is directed with this whole thing. Uh, most of the anger is towards um, AEW, and 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 I think that was uh, a, a bit by design by New Japan. But uh, that's Moxie. Let's talk about Taichi a little bit. I don't think either one of us think he has any chance to win this tournament. No, we're I'm at a zero for sure. But. Or 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 to advance out of the block. So, um, any other thoughts about Taichi making his G1 debut? Uh, he, like I said, they really milked it with him during the announcements. They had him sitting out there too, to really, uh, to, to help milk it. And then when they announced some of his matches the next night, they all got really good responses. So do you have any other additional thoughts about Taichi? Uh, what kind of record you think he'll finish with? I see him somewhere three and six range towards the bottom of the standings. What do you think about? Taichi? Yeah, I think so. I think maybe he's capable of a few like kind of big upsets to kind of straighten out this block a little bit and and maybe get a little bit of balance there and that's what yano will talk about when, when we get up to yano too that's a big part of his thing is that he can kind of have this balance and i think i, I see taichi is the same guy too i think taichi can beat like a guy like ishii or whatever and it's it's not going to look like uh something that that's ridiculous or whatever like that i think so he can i i want to say 500 maybe he's he's in that range middle of the block i don't know that he's ever in the top half i don't know if he's ever contending for the block lead but i think he's in the mix he's definitely not on the lower end of it but i think he he at least is going to be I, is he maybe going to be in the lower F though? I'm looking at the at the block though, and I don't see a I bunch of guys a, I, that can lose now. That I'm I'm kind of looking at this going, man, I don't know because like Moxley, you're not going to have lose a bunch. Uh, Shingo, I, but I mean, how do you go from undefeated for you know 90 matches to like you know dropping five falls in in a tournament or whatnot? And then guys like Cobb, I guess, is not going to do great, but he has to do okay. Jay White, obviously, 
I think is going to be a player until the final night. Um, maybe Taichi is going to do pretty bad. Taichi's a bottom guy. Yeah, maybe he is a bottom guy. Okay, he's, bottom, he's he's not. He's finishing in the bottom three. Um, so's Cobb. And I wonder if I, uh, I think your man Goto might be finishing in the bottom. I, Goto, I, Goto I feel bad. I feel horrible, but it's like, oh no, there's. I don't I'm think Goto, at the list. Like, oh no, I don't. I don't think Goto will have a winning record. Oh, I think oh, um, no. Goto's got four and five, three and six written all over For him. Sure. I think. I think yeah. Yano. I think Yano finishes near the bottom. I think those guys finish near the bottom. Let's. This is a good transition because what do you think of Shingo? Because this one's a tough one for me to figure. Um, he obviously only has one loss. They gave him the win over Kojima, which was a big win. I don't think he'll be a bottom guy. I don't think he'll have a losing record. Um, but I don't – look, I think he'll get one or two. Let me ask you, do you think he gets one or two? Here's the thing, though. All the big wins are in the other block, okay? There's a lot of, like, upper mid-card guys in this block. What would you consider a big win for Shingo? I think there's three. Moxley, Naito. And Jay White, I don't think him beating anyone else would stun me. No, yeah, him beating Ishii would be like, all right, cool. That's like sort of a, a sign that he's, you know, whenever he's done with his junior run, he's able to kind of move up. Uh, Goto, no, he can he can easily beat Goto. Juice, obviously, he can easily beat Juice. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, Moxley is, is a big one because we know that he's pushed to a certain level and he's going to be uh, a guy in the mix. So if we agree that he, there are three potential big wins for Shingo, how many do, does he get? Uh, I'll give you the over under is one and the over under is one and a half on, on the three big wins. Um, yeah. Under. Yeah, I think he gets one. Which one it'll be? I don't know. I think him beating Naito would actually be pretty funny. Pretty interesting. Like Naito, I think is probably going to win the entire block, but I think, you know, Shingo having that win over him might be a pretty cool thing to kind of build towards. The problem is I don't think they're going to do a briefcase match with, Shingo and Naito. Oh, you're right. Yeah, and of course. I, think, I forget I, we have like four. Spree. I guess you can you can't ignore that one. Like you can ignore no. like a Yano briefcase match, uh, but you can't ignore a Shingo one. Forget that. Then yeah, strike that from the record. No I mind. think Naito's um, beating him. I think, I think he could beat Moxley. I think Moxley of those three would be the one I would maybe say. Moxley. Yeah, White doesn't. I don't know. I don't really love that. But Moxley has a title, so is he going to lose to a junior? See, it's it so U- it is the U.S. title too. To be fair, so. Yeah, but you know, it's Moxley right. who is a big star and a title holder and it's a junior. So, it's just so interesting. This tournament has so many interesting angles and Shingo to me is a guy I I really don't have a good feel for what they're going to do with him. Um, you know, the whole junior thing, you can't ever discount that even though we know the long-term goal with both of these juniors is to move them up. They're right. still juniors right now and that still means something and I have and that will be a further discussion to have when we get to will but, yeah so uh, as far as you know we were talking about 2001 again it's completely different it's a completely different company at this point too oh, but yeah. uh, liger had three points in that uh, uh tournament and i'm uh, an had two so yeah uh, they were they it's, didn't do well <laughs> yeah and it, you know and it wouldn't surprise me if shingo doesn't do particularly well i'd be more surprised if willow spray doesn't do particularly well um but but I, I he's it's he's one of those guys where i really don't know as far as cobb um I've kind of said my piece about Cobb. I think he'll be towards the bottom of the bracket just because he's an outsider and it's so loaded this year. Um, I can't see him having more than three or four wins tops. I would put his his over-under for total wins at three and a half. What would you take? I might go over on him because I think at least... I. 
I guess it depends who. So I guess he's he's there on behalf of Ring of Honor, correct? Is that yeah. is that what? So <sighs> if I was Ring of Honor, I would say no. Please don't have Jeff Cobb. You know, lose a bunch. All of right, games. give me give me the four wins. But that's the problem is though I can't really give you that because I don't know. And that's that's the thing. If I was Ring of Honor, I'd be like, no, you can't have our like you know a guy we're pushing lose to a bunch of these dudes. But like, I think we could find four wins. Okay, he can beat Taichi. He can beat Taichi for sure. He, he can, can beat, beat Yano. He could beat Yano. He could beat Shingo. I think he could beat Goto. He could beat Goto. And I think he could beat Ishii if they set up a never match. Okay. He's a former never champion. Yeah, you could do that. So you can find, I think three and a half. So I should have went four and a half. I think four and a half is a better over under. I'm adjusting the line. Like Vegas, I've decided to adjust <laughs> yeah. the line. The over under on Cobb's four and a half. But I don't see him being a player. And I'm pretty sure he'll have a losing record. He's got four and five written all over him. Um, Jay White. So. Is there a chance he can win the block? And is there a chance he could win the whole tournament? Rich Krejci. I think he can maybe win the block. I think he's at least going to be there the final day. If we look at that August 11th show, uh, you got Naito versus Jay White. Like there, there's a reason <laughs> that's on the final show. And yeah. we kind of say it's unfortunate if you, it'd actually be good if I didn't know the final few nights of the tournament, because then I'd have a little bit more of like, Hey, maybe this guy or maybe that guy. But like knowing that that's the final night, like, you know, those two dudes are going to be the players. And it's probably going to be whoever wins that goes through. Yes. Most likely, or there's some weird scenario where somebody, you know, they tied and somebody else goes through. But most likely, they, they don't do all that. A lot of times, they don't do all that bullshit. A lot of times, it's just going to be who wins goes through. I feel like that match is, is, is it. And in my heart of hearts, I can't see White winning that match. I have Naito winning that. But I suppose I could see a scenario. It's not, it's not a 0% that he wins the block, but I, I'm probably a 25% because I'm very in on, on, on Naito being the block winner. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you think Kota Ibushi's winning the tournament, I could see them not doing Ibushi Naito again, and then Jay White going through. You see what I mean? So, because I'm convinced Juice is is getting his win back and knocking Moxley out. That just made I'm I'm a, I'm a hundred percent on that. So I do think it comes down to White Naito, and I think if Ibushi's the one going through, then I think that it'll be White against him and not Naito. But so I say he does have a chance to win the block, but I think either Abushi or Naito are winning the tournament. Mm -hmm. So Goto obviously has no chance to win either. Um, I mean, who's he got? Let's see if we could even make a case. Who's he got on the final night? I don't uh, the final he night he's got Shingo. So, but there, I don't think Sh Shingo will have a fun tournament. I don't think he's going to be in the mix, though. Yeah, that match, the Shingo Goto match will mean nothing. And the Cobb it'll, it'll rock. It'll be fucking great, but yeah. I don't think it's going to mean anything. Yeah. The Cobb Yano match will mean nothing. And Ishii, Taichi, there's an outside chance that, like, if one of those guys win, they, like, stay alive for a couple minutes until they get knocked out later. But those other two matches aren't going to mean a thing. So uh, that, you know, Goto, uh, just hope for good matches with him. Yano, um, We'll just do a hard pass there. There's no need to discuss Yano. Yeah, again, listen to listen to the last five G1 previews we've done. The, the one thing I'll say about Yano that annoys me, and then we'll get off of Yano, is I don't like when people feel the need to overcorrect. Okay, I get that there's people who like watching Yano's matches, and I don't have a problem with that. Okay, I, I'm tired of them, but I get that other people. Yeah, enjoy and it. I don't universally hate them either. Go back and listen some to some of them. Are, some, of them some of them okay. I really like. Yeah, some yeah. I really like, but there's. Some of those, it's night 11, and you're like, all right, dude. <laughs> like, I, I got no time for you. I'm just skipping. Like, you see him take the term, and you're like, I'm done. I'm out. I, I've been watching. I've seen a 1,000 matches over the last two weeks. Like, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just done. But, yeah, it's yeah, not universal it, it's, that we hate them. Yeah, there'll be one or two that I find mildly amusing, but it's usually the same old shit. And 
I, I'm someone who just, I'm a match nerd. I want to see great matches. And I don't have a problem if you're into Yano. The problem I have is when people overcorrect. Because here's what happens. Everyone bitches and complains about Yano being in it. And all of the people who don't like Yano. Because he's very divisive. And people should be able to understand why people don't like Yano. Everyone complains about Yano's presence. And, and bashes Yano. And, and makes fun of Yano. And then all the people who like Yano insist on overcorrecting. And you see a lot of stuff like... Well, Yano is the best part of the G1. You don't mean that. You don't mean that Yano, you don't really mean that he is the best part of the G1. It's hyperbole. It's an overcorrection. And it, 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 it's a pet peeve of mine. Okay? You're annoyed that people are bashing Yano. So you have to swing so far in the other direction that you have to make an equally stupid statement. Right. And say that he's the best part of the G1. Or he's the only part I like in the G1. Everything yeah, else he's sucks. The only I love I like the, the yeah, yeah. I only I, He's the, the best yeah, part yeah. of the G1. If you really believe that, then you don't like the G1. Because you're, you're telling me that the best part of the G1 is the outlier who works a completely different way than everyone else. Then that means you just don't like the G1, which is fine. Okay? Or it's just an overcorrection. It's the same thing as when people say that the crust is the best part of the pizza. You do not mean that. It's just bread. It's okay to like crust, but you need to find a different way to say, I like the crust. How about just saying, I like the crust? You don't have to overcorrect and say, the crust is the best part of the pizza. Right. If, if the crust is the best part of your pizza, then stop eating pizza. Then you don't like pizza. You like breadsticks. Order breadsticks. You don't like crazy pizza. Bread. Get some little Caesar crazy bread. That sounds great. It's an overcorrection, and I hate it. I hate when people say the crust is the best part. You know what I say to people who say that to me? I say, okay, let's order a pizza. As a man, as a Jersey man, I cannot imagine how they yeah. get the blood boiling, but yeah, let's, go ahead. Let's order a pizza, and here's what we'll do. I'll cut off the crust, and you could have that, and I'll have the rest. You want to take that deal? No one in their right mind is taking that deal. If you do, it means you don't like pizza, which is completely different than saying the crust is the best part of the pizza. Do you see what I'm saying here? Everyone's choosing the cheesy goodness and the toppings over the fucking bread. Okay? So it's like I, I don't I can't take the overcorrections. Right. And you can and you can you can admit that the rest of the pizza is better, but also enjoy the crust sometimes yes, too. That's my yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. my point. Like if you like Yano fine, but don't overcorrect. Right. I, I guarantee you the Venn diagram, it's the same goofballs who go burr. The crust is the best part of the pizza. Yeah, sure it is. Okay, then you just eat the crust then. I'll take everything else. Has anybody taken you up on that ever? No, of course not. Why weren't they? <laughs> have, you, have you tried? How long have you have you actually... Has it gotten ever close to anybody saying no. that they would join you? Yeah, no. No, no, they'll get, mad. they'll get mad. Oh, you're an asshole. I'm just trying to say I like... Then just say you like crust. <laughs> right, right, right. Then don't tell me the crust is the best part. You try to put your money where your mouth is, and, and they don't want to yeah. do that, because pizza's delicious, yeah. and crust is yeah. fine. <laughs> I'm not the one making the hyperbolic statement here. You are, okay? So give me the cheese and the onions and the pepperoni and all that shit. You take the fucking bread. Well, you, you can keep the fucking onions, Joe, but... Uh... Uh, you know, crates with the onions over here. But you get the idea, okay? So that, that's what Yano is. He's the fucking crust. If you like it, fine. But don't sit here and tell me it's the best part because you're objectively wrong. And I, I can... Like, every year, the guy ends up... You look at any list... The star, whatever you want to do, star ratings, uh, people ranking it. He's always on the bottom because people, even the people who like Yano, 
if they're being honest with themselves, eventually they get they get tired of the act, and you much rather watch fucking you know Naito and Okada or something go out there and fucking kill it. But anyway, Juice Robinson, final night he's got Moxley. Um, am I not giving him enough credit? Is he more than just a spoiler? And could that be a match that puts him into uh, contending for the tournament here? I don't think so. I, I just don't. Um... I think he's it's it's you're gonna need somebody to take some falls in this thing. And that's what we talked about last year with Deuce Robinson too. Remember when we all got kind of excited about him? And I think it was he champion going into last year's G1? I'm trying to remember what he there was yeah, something. Juice, where, yeah, and he did he, and he went like three and six or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. We talked and we talked about yeah. that last year. We were like, well, yeah. someone's gotta lose in this block. And like, yes, they protect champions more than not, but like somebody had to lose. And and I remember last year we were talking about, well, is he gonna be a contender? Is he gonna be in the mix? Well, he's a, he's a champion, yada, yada, yada. And then when it was all done, we, we watched. And, and they were able to sort of integrate his hand into the story yeah. and tell the story of, you know, the reason he was losing is because his hand was hurt or whatever, which was good. It was a good way to, to sort of address why one of your champions was, was losing a bunch. In this case, he's not a champion right now. They got the title off of him. And I think that's not the reason why they got the title off of him, but I think now this is a good opening for Juice to, I don't know, three you know two three wins like is that nuts to say but no, someone's got to lose like someone has to lose in this this block I, I think juice will do better this year than he did last year i think people made too big a deal of him um only having three wins or whatever last year as u.s champion because i think if you put the title aside that's kind of what his slotting was at that point i think he's i think he's been elevated a little bit since then even though he doesn't have that title anymore and I think that last year he got off to like the 0 and 4, 0 and 5 start or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they did the story with the hand, like you said. And then he made like the gutsy comeback and won a couple of matches. And I think people overreacted to his G1. I thought they told a nice little story with Juice. And, and you can't push everyone. Someone's got to lose some matches. And I didn't have a problem with him losing matches last year. I think this year he'll win more matches, even though he's not a champion. I think, I know that sounds a little weird, but, um, you know, I, I, I think. It, 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 I don't know. It could be a scenario where him and Moxley are both alive going into that last night, but then, you know, the, the, the Naito or White or whoever wins the main event ends up with two more points than than Juice, who who beats Moxley. You know, maybe Juice is two points behind everybody, ties up Moxley with the win, and then has the tiebreaker over him, and then he's the guy who needs a draw or something. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the problem is I just don't understand how fundamentally you can do that because you have a guy like Moxley who who has to be sort of in the mix and, and get a bunch of wins. I guess yeah. Shingo takes more losses than we assume in, in That's this scenario. The thing. Yeah, someone has to. Yeah. Right, because Cobb, maybe Cobb takes more, but we just kind of laid out a scenario where he can do okay. Uh, Jay White is obviously going to go and do well throughout the tournament. Goto, I mean, <laughs> you'd have to really make Goto a geek uh, to have Juice still get as many wins as he's going to get. Uh, Yano, I, I think there's... Yeah, he's going to be towards the low of the block. Maybe he, he's a guy who doesn't maybe I think one Yano, win the entire listen, time. I think Yano's looking at between zero and two wins. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And then like Ishii and Naito, like, I think both those guys have to be someone. So I just don't... I don't disagree with you that Juice is in a better spot than he was last year, but I just don't fundamentally know... I'm kind of doing the math in my head, and I can't understand who he's beating. Here's the bottom line. There's going to be a couple people in this tournament who lose way more matches than we think they're going to lose. Mm -hmm. There's no way around it. You know, it's because like you're saying, someone's got, that's why I'm not confident that Jeff Cobb wins more than three or four matches. Cause he's the, he's a perfect guy for everyone to, to, to beef up on, you know, cause it doesn't matter if you beat him. So yeah. And that's why I don't think Taichi might not do particularly well. Cause you got to beat some of these guys have to get beat. And uh, yeah, it, it, this is such an intriguing tournament. Uh, more, you know, even more so than the last few years from a kayfabe perspective, it really is. So we go come to Ishii, who is always among the MVP contenders for the tournament, but is almost never contending for the tournament 
Maybe one year, I think he was in the mix going into the final night, but usually he's eliminated by then. And who does he have this year in that match? I think we just talked about it. Um, he is against final nights. Sorry, Taichi. let me scroll down. Taichi. Yeah, Taichi. So that that I to me strikes as Taichi beats him to knock to at least eliminate any pot- potential Ishii in the finals thing. So I think he's going to be in the mix for this uh, at least this year. But he could be one of those guys that maybe we are are over assuming that's going <laughs> to that we assume he's going to do a little bit better, but might only have uh, you know a handful of wins and be in the middle mix. But that that's his Taichi match leads me to believe that he's at least. In sort of the mix, but then Taichi beats him, and then Taichi gets a future title shot or whatever. That, that's how I kind of read that scenario, but I could be wrong. That that's the match aside from the big two that's most likely of the other three to be meaningful for one or both of the guys. I think if they do surprise us and really go hard with Taichi, and Ishii is the never champ. I mean, they can't. He's not going to go three and six. I mean, they're going to set up a, a never match or two for him. I think, but. Um, you know, it, it's the thing with Ishii, like always, is he's he's gonna have a bunch of. He always has a great match against Naito. He's going to have a. I mean, Ishii Goto is a lock to be a great match whenever those two guys get in the ring. I think he's gonna have a phenomenal match with Taichi. Uh, not Taichi. Uh, Shingo. I think he's gonna have great chemistry with Moxley. So I think Ishii is going once again. Juicy could have a great match with. Is once again in position to be the MVP of the tournament? That might be a better question. What do you think? Now, with the stacked A block, those guys have an opportunity for a lot of great matches. So I think it's actually, I would I would say someone coming out of the A block, if I had to make a prop bet, I'd say the MVP coming out of the A block would be like minus 125, and the MVP coming out of the B block would be like plus 130. I think it's more likely that the MVP comes out of the A block. But... Ishii, I think, again, is positioned to be right in that mix again. What do you think? I, I think this year particularly, too, because you look at matchups that Ishii can have. Ishii and Juice Robinson, that sounds awesome. Ishii and Goto, I mean, Jesus, we know that that's going to be good. Uh, Ishii and Cobb is another match that looks awesome on paper. Ishii and Shingo, another match that looks paper, uh, great on paper. And then fucking Moxley and Ishii. Man, I, like, that has a potential to be awesome. And and then, of course, there's Ishii and Naito, and those guys are, are you know, they the series of matches they had are some of the best ever. So, yeah, I'm with you on that, where, like, when you look at all the different styles in this in, in this B block and all the different things that guys can work with and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Like I mentioned Osprey on the A block where he can sort of adapt and work with every single style. I think Ishii in this block, like the perfect opponents are all there right for him. So I, I'm really excited to see what he does in this thing. And I think if anybody emerges from the B block as the MVP, uh, it, it, it's probably Ishii. And that's with that being said, I think Naito maybe peaks higher, but I think Ishii peaks more if that makes sense. Like I think across the board, Ishii's going to have like eight or nine matches that just rock. And Naito might have, as you said, three matches, three or four matches that are, are are really good and are in like the top ten or the top five when it's all done. But maybe Ishii does a little bit more across the board. Okay, so now someone we could really sink our teeth into, Naito. You think he's winning the tournament? I do. I still, I still do. I still think that's the best story to tell. I know what's weird with the IC title. I don't know how to get around that quite yet. I don't know what you do with that, but it's just. It feels to me it, it, it's the perfect opportunity to do it. I know that Kota Bushi's there, and I know Kota uh, is, is hot, but, man, it's like the, the big dome show, the two shows, Naito's previous losses. Like he's, he's eaten a lot of L's this year, too. Like I just – I don't know. It just feels right for this to be the year for it. But, I mean, I, I'm not 100%. Like I would be – I was 100%. Six months ago, if you asked me this question, I was 100%, 1,000%. So no what's doubt your, it's going to so be So what's your show. percentage? I think now I'm, I'm probably 75 I, I think he's still so a favorite. Where, okay, but so where's your other 25 go? I, I think Kotobushi. 
All 25? Yeah, I think all 25 goes to Cody. I think those are the only two guys that really give any realistic chance uh, to win the B block. But the fact that I'm even thinking of anybody else but Naito is pretty interesting because, yeah, like I said, six months ago, it would have been a thousand percent on Naito. But but I do think there's some doubt in my mind. You, you've creeped some doubt in there, and the IC title definitely makes it a little more weird to kind of figure it out. But I just think it, it all everything kind of lines up for it to be that year for him. So I, I, I think, and I kind of hope so too, because I think it'd be a pretty cool story to tell. I think I wish that Abushi and Naito were in the same block. Because I think they're tipping their hands here. It's the, the, the G1 winner almost always comes out of the opposite block of the champion. Right. Because they don't want to repeat the same match. In other words, if you're picking Abushi to win the G1, that's fine. But then you have to remember that you're also picking Abushi uh, and Okada to have a rematch from August you know, four or five months later in January. And that's harder to sell a match when you've just done the match. You see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Kota, Kota and Okada will, will have happened, you know, <laughs> relatively right. recent, whereas Okada and Naito has not happened in, in, in a long time. That is of all the matchups that like you're talking about Tokyo Dome in event potential, that'd be the freshest. That, that is absolutely hundred percent the most fresh match that they can do. So, so when Ibushi ended up in the same block as Okada, mm-hmm. And Naito was in the other block. I kind of stepped back from. I started swinging towards Ibushi a couple weeks ago, just based on my gut. But this may be tipping their hand. And as far as him being the the, the IC champion, I there's two schools of thought. He could just drop that title, um, or it could just be title for title. Why not just do title for title? At the I like time? it. That's cool. Yeah, I like I it. Don't, I don't like the idea of dropping the title because that sort of, I don't like what that says about the title. You, you still need to protect that title. It's still a money drawing title. Why not just have the winner take both belts, you know, and then figure out what you're going to do, you know? And at that point you can, you can drop the title because then you're not really disrespecting the IC title at that point, because everybody knows the other one is the top prize. So it's the ultimate warrior thing. You know, when he beat Hogan, same thing. Um, you know, it's okay to drop it then. You don't drop it beforehand. I don't like that. I've heard people float that out there. I don't like that. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I don't see why they wouldn't do title for title and then, you know, have Naito, um, win that match and, and come really full circle from the loss two years ago. And, you know, then he holds both belts. Then he has something special to set him apart from Okada and, and it, it just works on every level. But because you picked Naito, I'm going to be different just for the sake of the show. And since I'm not, since I've been on the Ibushi thing anyway, I'm going to pick Ibushi and I'll, I'll lay out my scenario when we get to him. So that's the B block. Let's jump to the A block and we'll start with Kenta. Um, if you're picking Naito to win the G1, Rich, you can really pick anyone to come out of the A block then because it doesn't really matter. You don't need a big time drawing opponent in that right. match because that event's going to sell out anyway. Um, you may not even want it to be a big time opponent because maybe you don't want to burn a big time money match. So this is going to be interesting from your perspective going through these because you can pick a number of people to potentially win the block. Do you think they think so highly of Kenta? We don't even know if he's coming in full time or just for this tournament. We don't even have details on that yet. Um, that he can potentially win the block. What do you think? Final do. night, final night, Zack Saber Jr. 
Yeah, I really do. I think when we look at the final three matchups of the the, the A block or the final uh, night of the A block, you got Okada, Bushi, Tanahashi, Osprey, and then uh, Kenta and Zack Sabre Jr. I think all those guys are potentially in the mix uh, on that final night, particularly Okada and Ibushi, uh, and and definitely I think Kenta and Zack Sabre Jr. are going to be in that mix there. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to do that for Kenta. I wish I knew, like you said, a little bit more clarity if if he's there full time. Is he just here for this month? Is this a trial run or whatever? But I say like. This is a great opportunity to just have him go through, build him up, and and and, and see what you got in this guy, and 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 see if the crowd rallies behind him, see how the attendance does, see what kind of happens, and 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 go from there. Because I think this, every other guy, I feel like I can. There, there's other guys that I can see definitely winning it. There's other guys that I could definitely make arguments for, but I think one of the most, one of the more different guys, and one of the more unique guys, and one of the guys that, like you said, doesn't necessarily burn a match is Kenta. So. I think it's it seems wild. It might be wild when it's done if Kenta has like seven points or whatever, which I don't think he's gonna have, or he has eight points or whatever, which I don't think is gonna happen. But I I, I think he has a, a real chance to win this block. I really do. Where do you, where are you at? I think Kenta and Zach will be eliminated. I think they'll be eliminated. Zach was eliminated like two nights before the final. Right. Night, yeah. 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 Um. But I could see a scenario. Where one eliminates the other, but I, I'm gonna I'm sticking with Abushi winning the thing because I want to be different, and I, I will walk through that scenario. So no, I don't think Kenta's gonna win the block. I do think he'll be treated with respect, and I do think he could be. There's a chance he could be alive going into that final night. Um, now, Rich, also your gut. Does he have a good tournament or not? My gut right now is yes. I think he does. Um, my brain is kind of like, hey, are you sure, man? Are you? But my gut says no, he, he does. I, is, I that think your, he does. is that your heart or your brain saying that? I don't know. I don't know what's saying it. <laughs> but because I want I'm him not, to have a great tournament. I want him so to kill I. it. I think and we I all do. think he will. But I just still have a little bit of doubt in my head. I'm going to know right away, right? Because Kota Ibushi night one. Exactly. Yeah. He had some great uh, matches, man. He had some great matches, fat and unmotivated. So it's like, you know, if he stays healthy, I think that is to me going to be the biggest thing. If he starts wearing down or, 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 you know, he starts kind of the wear and tear kind of starts working on him. Like that could be a real issue. But I, as far as motivation, he feels motivated. I think he's in there with a lot of the right opponents. Like, I think all the makings are there for him to be good. It's just a matter of, can he do it is more than anything. I think he's got the motivation. He's got, he's in better shape. And I think all that sort of stuff, it's just a matter of, can he do it really is, is, can he survive uh, the tournament? But I, I think if you had a gun to my head, you know, we always say the gun to the head scenario, which is very, very, yeah. very vile for just a wrestling thing. But uh, I would say gun to my head. He does have a good tournament. Yeah. I'm, I, I, he looks like he's in shape and he looks motivated. I really like the look in his eyes. I do. And then he had the false count anywhere match against Mustafa Ali, the four way at WrestleMania. He's got, he had some really good matches that no one was paying attention to when he was fat and when he didn't care and when he knew his career was going nowhere. I think he has something to prove. I think he'll want to go out there and have great matches. And if his body holds up, I, I, I agree. I think that he will. So we'll see. Let's talk about Will Ospreay. I have a lot to say about this one because this is like, this is so interesting to me because I think he can be anywhere all over the board. Again, it's going to be, it, it, look at this block. Where do you get your wins? That's number one. And it's like, let, let, let's look at this. Okay. So with Will, uh, I know Dave Meltzer said this and he kind of stole my thunder because he did his show before we did our show. I think he's losing the Lance Archer on the first night. It's in Dallas. 
They owe Lance Archer a debt of gratitude yes. for, the hard work <laughs> for selling this place out or, or at least selling as many tickets as humanly possible. Yeah, that for sure. And, and, and we'll already beat him. And it's like, I could easily see Lance Archer winning that match on night one. If that happens, I'm not sure that Will Ospreay is alive going to the final night. And I think he's playing spoiler against Tanahashi. And I'm not sure there's anything wrong with that because I don't see where else he's getting his wins. He is 1 million percent losing to Kota Ibushi. He's not beating Ibushi twice in a row. Could no. you agree with that? Oh, God, no, 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 for sure. Okay. Um, I can't see him beating Okada. Now, I've heard people present the argument that he could beat Okada. I'm not sure people appreciate the gravity of a junior champion beating an IWGP champion, yeah. and not only an IWGP champion, Rich, and a, an iconic IWGP champion who had the most legendary reign of all time, who, is the, who has been the ace and the top guy in this company since 2012, do people not understand the gravity of that? That would be, now listen, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying there's no chance it can happen. But um, uh, people, to me, are being a little too flippant with the idea that Will Ospreay could just beat Okada and set up some fucking title match at King of Pro Wrestling or whatever. That would be one of the considered in canon and in kayfabe one of like the biggest upsets in company history. Right? It'd be wild. It would be the yeah, <laughs> it is it, unprecedented. Um, unprecedented yeah it's, it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot is, you're really asking a lot for right. them to book that in my opinion can it happen let me tell you let me just put it to you this way okay if will Ospreay beats okada in this tournament i have no i i am 100 certain he will be iwgp champion at some point that that shows me that they are they are behind him as the top guy, right, right, not right. Just the main eventer. Yeah, within the if, calendar year, this dude's winning the fucking title. Rich, you just said it. Jushin Liger's been in this tournament and scored three points. <laughs> right. Jushin Liger, you're telling me Will 2001 Ospreay, Jushin Liger too, who was a fucking god at that point. Nobody could beat him in the junior division. You're, you're telling me this guy's gonna beat Okada as a junior? Do people realize how hev how the gravity of that? I'm not sure that they do. If he wins that match. They see him as potentially the biggest star in the company and a potential IWGP heavyweight champion. There's no question about it. They're not, that, is not, that is not a flippant booking decision. That is not something where you look on the sheet and go, eh, we need another title match for fucking power struggle. All right, Will can beat Okada on night six. That's not how you handle <laughs> right, that. No. This, is a, that would be, this would be a monumental outcome. And I really want to stress that as strongly as possible to the listeners. It really is unheard of for, for, for that outcome to occur. Uh, so, uh, you know, so you look at the, he's losing to Ibushi. If he loses to Archer, um, where, and, and if he's losing to Okada, where are the wins coming from for Will to be alive getting into that? Because the rest of them are coin flip matches. It's tough. Yeah, like even like a Bad Luck Folly match is hard to, to say because, you know, Bad Luck Folly's a monster. And like, yeah, he fucking stinks and I don't want to see him. But I get the justification that, well, like, oh, geez, Will Ospreay can't really maybe. And he beat him once already. So right. It's like, 
Are they going to have him beat Bad Luck Folly twice in a row? And I get it. He's not a huge push Kamali. Neither is Lance Archer. But still. But it's still big heavyweights against a junior champion. Right. I think he can beat Kenta if we're being honest. Like, I don't yeah, – I wouldn't yeah. book that, but I think he could. Yeah, he can beat Kenta. Absolutely. He can beat, um, he can beat Sonata. He can beat Evil. But those are 50-50 matches. Right. Exactly. I'm saying could. Like, not will. Right. You know what I mean? I, I'm not confident in, in, in any of these as will. He can I, even beat Zack Sabre Jr. But yeah. Again, he, can, he can beat Zack Sabre Jr. And I think he can beat Tanahashi. I don't think – I think there's a 0% chance he beats Okada. Uh, I do. I'm with you on the Archer thing. I'm not going to say like 100% chance that Archer is going to win there, but it's it, it's tough. Like any of the coulds, he's not going to beat Abushi. He's not going to beat Okada. And yeah, the other guys that he maybe beats is like, you know, a Tanahashi, your evil Sonata, and your bad luck follies. But even those are, are like you said, coin flips. Like I can easily, evil can beat Will Ospreay and it wouldn't, it, I wouldn't bat an eye at all about that. So the thing about Archer is before the tournament started, it looked like an easy two points for Osprey, right? But now the way it's worked out, first night, Dallas, it's like that's two points to me that could easily be off the board for him. And every point is sure. going to be critical in this block that has four megastars and whatever the fuck they think of Kenta. We don't know what they think of Kenta. Kenta could finish with fucking 12 points. I don't know. He could finish with eight points. So it's like the block is just so loaded. You know, Evil and Sonata are going to get theirs. You know, I don't think they're going to be contenders, but they're not going to fuck. They're not going two and seven. So this block is just so jam-packed that if if Will Ospreay loses to Archer, I'm not sure where he gets the points to be alive going into the Tanahashi match. With all of that said, that's why I think he goes into that match eliminated and as a potential spoiler for Tanahashi to set the deck for the Okada Abushi winner. What do you think of that scenario? I think it's good. Yeah, I, I think you're right on the money there. Okay, so uh, that's Will. He's going to have a wild tournament. He's another one of these guys. I think uh, Moxley, Shingo, Kenta, Will Ospreay. I mean, I am so fascinated by how those guys are going to be booked, those four in particular. Um, Lance Archer, first tournament since 2014. He had the killer match against Will Ospreay in the New Japan Cup. I, first this, okay, we don't think he's going to win the tournament or the block. No, yeah, 0% there, but that's fine. So let's talk about this. Rich, I really think he's going to have a great tournament. I think oh, yeah. I no, I think people look at Archer and maybe go, yeah, no, dude, don't. You you obviously don't remember. I mean, we we would talk about those. If you go back and listen to old you know G1 recaps from 2014 and 13 and whatnot, he was one of our favorite parts of that tournament because he would go out there and have awesome matches, similar to, similar to like a Carl Anderson type before Carl Anderson obviously moved on and whatnot. He was a guy that would sort of surprise you with these tournaments and just have really, really great singles matches and really stand out in these tournaments. And I think there's an added bonus to that, you know, as you report on, on, on the Patreon side, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling as well, uh, with Davey Boy Smith kind of out of the mix, Archer's kind of on his own now, and now it's time to really stand out, really show himself. If you don't think he's going to go out there and do what, everything he can to get attention this entire tournament, you're out of your mind. And it's like, even when he wasn't going for, you know, overt attention to be a single star, he was still having great matches with a ton of different wrestlers. So I'm really excited to see what he does this tournament. He Here's the thing. He's a singles wrestler now. They just introduced a new finishing move for the guy with like that claw slam or whatever he's doing. I don't know what he calls it, but it's like a claw, a giant claw slam. Uh, that's even more sort of to me ammo that he's beating Will on the first night. I think they come out and establish him as a new heavyweight monster. He wins with his finish. He gets the win back from Will beating him the first time. The other thing about the first night too that we we ignored, Kenta's opponent first night is Abushi. Okay, we talked about that, but this is Kenta's first match in New Japan. I think he's beating Abushi the first night because you need to establish Kenta that he's credible right out of the gate. And you can't do that if he loses. And 
you want to establish that he's a credible threat and you want to establish whatever it is he's going to use to finish guys off, which we assume will be the go to sleep. But I guess it's not a lock. So I think as far as the first night goes, I think Kenta's beating Abushi. I'm very com- I'm 90% confident in that. And I'm about 75% confident that Archer is beating Willow Spray. And I agree with you. I think he's going to have a good tournament. He's another guy who I think is super motivated. Um, he's a guy who wants to get a push, you know, and this is his opportunity as a singles guy to potentially get one. And, um, you know, he's out there. He hustled every weekend at every indie show in Texas for two months, uh, trying to sell these G1 tickets. And he's a company guy. And I think they appreciate that. And I think the, he's a hard worker and he has the right opponents to have great matches. Uh, bad luck folly. Do you agree with my assessment that he's the worst wrestler in the tournament? Yes. Yeah. Cause Yano is like, you kind of whatever with him, but I think if Yano wanted to have a better match, he probably could. And whatever Yano does is better. Bad luck folly just fucking stinks. He's been he's terrible hard. for two years now. I didn't even really like him that much when he was quote unquote good. Uh, he'd have yeah. one match per tournament that I actually enjoyed, but most of the time I was, he was absolutely skippable. Last two tournaments, he's been absolute bullshit. And the last year was like an embarrassment that he was even in this tournament. I am, I know you got to put him in there, but I would rather, like, Joe, when you, if, if we talk about guys that are out of this tournament, obviously Minoru Suzuki, a huge loss from, from the tournament, but I get it. We'll, we, we can talk about that if we We're want. We're going to do snubs at the end there. Yeah. yeah but like, Togi, if, if you told me, hey, you have, <laughs> you have two choices for the last spot of this tournament, Togi Makabe or Bad Luck Fale, Joe, I'm taking Togi Makabe a thousand times. I, it's not It's not even a discussion. And that's I bad because I don't like Tokimakabe at all. I think he sucks. But Fale is that horrible now. Just low effort. And that's the thing that gets me. Low effort. He's not even trying when he goes out there. He, it, it, it's a gimmick to him. He wears, he wears fucking shirts that say I don't give a shit or whatever the hell that was. Yeah. What, what did that shirt last year say? It, it didn't matter. He fucking sticks. He's awful. He basically was wearing the equivalent to the pin me, pay me job squad shirt. But his was like, uh, it was the same idea. Which I would have fired him for, honestly. I, I, I have no tolerance for that kind of stuff. Um, because I don't think it was a New Japan uh marketed shirt. No, it looked like his own, his own if it was if it was, they should be embarrassed. I mean, that's a disgrace if they're marketing a shirt that basically says this wrestler doesn't care whether he wins or loses. That's awful. Um yeah, I mean, in a dream scenario, they swap him out with they put him in the B block and Goto in this block. You know what I mean? Like that'd be fucking phenomenal. Um, but th- that would make the A block basically perfect. Like if you put Goto or Shingo in his spot, <laughs> yeah, you know, but Goto more realistically, cause they're kind of slotted similarly, you know, and you don't want to put Shingo in there with, with Osprey, but yeah, Fale sucks. Um, he's going to have awful matches. I think if you get one or two, um, decent matches out of him, then it's, it's, it's a bonus at that point. I think that's the best you could hope for. Yeah. Um, Sonata and Evil, let's group them together. They're going to have a match against each other, and they've been teasing some uh, some friction in LIJ where Evil didn't do the fucking fist gimmick with the rest of them. Like, Shingo's like, come on, guys, let's do the fist thing. And then Naito puts his up, and then Sonata thinks about it, and then goes in, and Bushi, who cares about Bushi? And then Evil, like, hopped out of the ring and took off. I don't know if you saw that. So... Yeah, they're trying to pour some gasoline on the evil Sonata fire. I get it. But um, do you think that's just it? Or do you think 
that this unit is getting a little long in the tooth with its original members, and maybe there could be some movement between. I do, I, I really do, and I think this is—it's a good time to do it. You know, we talked about Shingo. Eventually, he's going to have to either move on or or ascend to power of the of the unit. He's got to do something. You just can't have that guy just kind of floating around there. And I think it is time that that Sonata. We've seen that there's a lot of potential. I think for him as as a big time babyface star. Uh, and evil is a guy I think that you can can keep heel, but I I don't know. I, I there's just like yeah, Shingo and Sonata are two guys that stick out to me. That like, ah, do they really need to be in this stable anymore? Do they really well, need to be in this stable well, anymore? Here's the thing: if the if the idea is to eventually move Shingo up and maybe keep him in Lij, do you need all those heavyweights? Right, and that might be a scenario where you bounce Sonata out and Shingo moves up. For the time and then if, right, and then that solves your Shingo Hiromu problem. Right, right. Because Hiromu yeah. comes back in as the top junior, and then Shingo replaces whichever one of these two guys leaves the unit. So, I don't know. They've just showed some friction between them. Now, I see both of these guys as middle-of-the-pack dudes here that are going to go either four and five or five and four, um, not have much impact in terms of the end result, which shows you kind of how deep it is. Because these are guys who were a threat to go like, you know, six and three in past years, maybe even seven and two. But this year, the way the blocks are lined up, I can't see these guys competing. If you look at their Budokan Hall opponents, it's uh, Evil's got Lance Archer and Sonata's got Fale. So neither one of them are going to be in a meaningful match nah. uh, by the time the final night rolls around. So are you with me, like four and five for these guys? I think so, yeah. I mean, you got to protect them to some level, but not not too much because they're definitely the lower, a, a rung below a lot of these other guys we're going to talk about here in a sec. Yeah. Who finishes? We're getting into the four big guys, so it's a good time to talk about this. Who finishes last in this block? Probably bad luck folly. But you think they're going to hang him with seven or eight losses? You, you think kind of have to, man. You know, like who? If it's not him, I mean, I hate to say it, it it's possibly Will Osprey. But he's the. Ch- it's so weird, though. You know what I mean? Like that's why I don't understand how the booking is going to go with him. But I don't know who else. I mean. Is this a year? Is it like like are we are we working ourselves into a shoot and and I, I I don't know. Let me present it to you this way. Is this a year where like everyone goes six and three yeah. at the top and then everyone goes three and six at the bottom? Like so. are we getting like super parity booking in this G one because of how stacked it is to where block winners are like six and three with tiebreaker wins? I could really see that with the A because it's just it's hard to it, it's hard to figure out who's. Who's a leaps and bounds? Like, yeah, you could say Okada, uh, Tanahashi, Kota, Saber. I mean, I guess maybe Tanahashi, if he's that hurt, they can really. But I don't, I don't buy that he's going to be towards the bottom of the block. Like that seems. Is this a good year to do ultra parody booking with how stacked it is to increase the excitement going down the stretch? Maybe I think so because I think you have five or six guys in that A block that have a real potential chance to win. Like I, I'm not discounting like a guy like a Kenta winning the block. I'm not discounting a guy like a, a, a Bushi, obviously I'm not discounting a, a saber. I'm not discounting Okada and I'm really not discounting Tanahashi until the time comes. And we know for sure. So it's like five guys that I think legit have a chance at, at winning that block. And that that's more than in, in, in most years. So I think you're going to get a lot of parody with those guys. And by virtue of that, like there has to be parody on uh, up and down the, the block, unless one dude is just taking every single L, but like, there's not one of those guys here. Would it would it stun you if Will Ospreay and Shingo both finish last? No. Would that be counterproductive to the idea that they're trying to groom them both, though? Or would it not matter? Would it be? Would the fans just see that as okay? They're not quite ready. They were gutsy. They picked up a, a big winner too. Or do you think that that would be counterproductive and that uh, it would kind of undo all the work they've done building those two up? 
That's why it's so weird to have him in here. Like, Isn't this tournament awesome? I don't know. I, mean, I like. I would have him fucking win a bunch because I think. But like, you can't because there's. I don't know. I would. I do think I would not have them come in here and just get fucking jobbed all the heavyweights because it just makes it seem like oh well okay they are second class citizens yeah and you're trying to build these uh, we know that the scenarios both these guys are getting moved up so it's like I I don't know <laughs> I don't know what you do I don't want to be Gato right now I don't know I don't know who loses I guess maybe Archer and Fale lose a bunch but. I don't know. It's because I don't have those guys. I do not have those guys finish last. I think the optics of that is is, is terrible. So I would not do that. But I don't okay. know. Okay, so <laughs> I got to make my case for Kota Ibushi, right? All right, yeah, do it. So you got to get around the idea that he's going to then face Okada twice in the span of four months. So and he's got to somehow come out of the block. So how about um, how about a scenario where? He draws with Okada on the final night, which means we don't have a conclusive winner in the match, which kind of would give intrigue to then doing the match again in a couple of months. So do you think a draw could be the way that they get around doing a rematch? In other words, you know, we still got to figure out who's the better of these two guys. Mm -hmm. I suppose who 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 then in your scenarios is Abushi drawing to go into the final? Uh, let's yes. Okay. So let's say Tanahashi beats Osprey. Okay. He's waiting in the fucking corridor, and he needs, you know, Okada to win or whatever or whatever. And you know he's now tied with Abushi at this point. They're tied with Abushi going into the final match, but he has the head to head against Abushi. Let's say. And Abushi and Okada uh, fight to a draw, which puts Abushi through because he's two points ahead of Okada still, and he's one point ahead of Tanahashi now. And then he goes on to win the final because the draw doesn't then because then you know you, you don't automatically have to give him a title match off of the draw, and he's got the briefcase so he can you know declare that he's challenging Okada at the dome. So anyway, he gets through with the draw, which then leaves some intrigue. Okay. Uh, as to who is the better man, I don't hate it. I just, yeah, I, I, I like it. If if there was any scenario to get Abushi in there, I, I I don't mind that one that you have there because you do have to figure out a way to make it. Okay, yeah, you just saw this match, but we didn't, we don't quite know who's gonna like. Now this is for all the marbles, and there has to be a winner and that yeah, sort of stuff. The, so the problem with you just saw this match is one of the guys won it, right? Because uh, why do I want to see that? Okada just beat him, or Abushi just beat him. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like. If a, you know, it's like if you do a draw, though, then you you know there's there's and you do it the right way, then there's some intrigue for the rematch, and you can build your story off of the draw. What do you think about this? Because this is the scenario now that you kind of played it out. I do, I like the idea of the draw, and I like the idea of Ibushi making it into the draw so that you have a future matchup between Okada and Ibushi. But what do you think of the idea of of Ibushi does make it to the block? He he draws whatever. Uh, Whatever scenario, he wins over Okada. He draws versus Okada. He makes it to the B block. He makes it to the finals, and then he loses to Naito. Naito obviously gets you know a second win over Ibushi uh, in a row, and, and Naito moves on there. Where Ibushi gets really close, he's maybe got a protected win against Okada. There's at least a little nugget of okay, when they want to go back to this, they can. I just for me, whatever reason, I just can't get down with Ibushi winning the entire thing. Like I, I don't. Your scenario is pretty good. I just for whatever reason, my brain is just stuck on Naito. If Abushi's not going to win the tournament, I don't think he should win the block. Because I don't think I would do Naito and Abushi in the again. I mean, they just did it how many times? Now, the counter argument to that is 
you burned it so many times, the perfect place to do it is when it doesn't have to draw. But I just don't think you go right back to that match. So I think if Ibushi comes out of the A block, I think he faces White in the final. But then it becomes the question of what yeah. do you do at Naito in the Dome? Right. Where there's other things you could do with Ibushi. And that's why so, that's that's my initial thought is that like Abushi, it's good that he's in he's he's in tow right now. You got him signed. You have all that sort of stuff. He's hot right now. But I think he's gonna be hot next year too. To me, next year is the time yeah. when you really build him up. Is like he has a killer year. Does all whatever he's gonna do. Not that he hasn't had a killer year right now too. Again, like I don't think it's a zero percent. I, I like I said, I'm there's two guys that I think emerge from G1. It's either Naito yeah. or Abushi for me. And I'm at Abushi at 25, and I'm at you know Naito at 75. But like it, it's just to me, it's a little weird and a little wonky. And I just I like. I like next year for him because I feel like Naito is just if, if he doesn't do this, I'm really worried about what the hell the future of Naito is because he's just kind of floating in this abyss now. And as he just his peak is as an IC champion, and I think that may be wasting his, his peak a little bit. Yeah, this is where the 2020 Dome is the one we circled all along for the completion of the Naito story with Okada. So, you know, that's the scenario. That's the chalk scenario that makes the most sense. And you're right, Abushi will still be there, and he'll still you can still keep him hot moving forward. So if we're working under the premise that Naito is winning the tournament and is the challenger at the dome, um, then who would be the A block dudes to beat Okada to set up challenges between then and now? King of Pro Wrestling, maybe one other. Who do you see being they're not gonna do Tanahashi again. They're not gonna do Tanahashi. I think Jay White. Oh no, sorry, not Jay White. Um, what the hell? Saber. Uh, Saber. I think yeah, that's that's who I meant. Um, I think Saber does. How about Kenta? I fucking love it. <laughs> I'm in, man. <laughs> I think I Dude, you, think... you can see, you can sell me on Kenta blowing through this entire G1, beating everybody, and just fucking main eventing the dome. <laughs> like you can sell me on that right now. I'm. I'm well, let's excited. pump the brakes no, on that. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But seriously, yeah, no, I could see Kenta beating Okada. I have think, a, a title shot and wherever destruction king of wrestling wherever. I think Kenta going a respectable five and four, but beating Okada along the way is something we're going to see because I think Kenta versus Okada is a money match for King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, mirror Fuji. That was 2012, or was he? He was in there more recently than Not that. 12. Right? It was like 15, 14. That's what 15. I was. Yeah, let me find out when he was last. I think uh, maybe you're 15. You're right. And that was night one when he beat Okada, and then uh, he, 2016, 2016. So he yeah. finished with 10 that time, but he beat Okada uh, uh, out of the gates. Right. I kind of like that sort of just do what you did for mirror Fuji that year. Right. 2016 is that year. I, I like. I really like that scenario. The way they structured that. Yeah. So. You know, no one remembers that Marafuji went five and four or whatever. They just remember he beat Okada on. Like, right, and then they had a fucking killer match at King of Wrestling, and I'm right. fine with that. That's the exact scenario I would like to do with Kenta if you could. So Kenta comes out, beats Abushi on night one to establish himself, then has a nice little tournament, but gets the win over Okada. Loses to the other guys, loses to Tanahashi and and Saber and and whoever else, and then he gets the title shot at King of Pro Wrestling. To me, that's the perfect scenario. Because I don't see anybody else unless you want to do. See, you 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 could do a Bushi Okada camp, but then but see they face each other the final night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't go back to that, right? I mean that that's yeah, it's a big match, and then it'd be it another big match right after that. Then, but what gets tricky about that is is then you have to have a scenario where a Bushi like wins and either doesn't advance 
or then loses in the final. I think that's a little clunky. Not that they can't do it, but I think this screams Kenta as the big challenger for, you know, someone who knocks off Okada. And on the flip side, who do you see as a potential briefcase challenger for Naito if he's winning it? That's a little trickier because you don't have the big stars on that side. Mm-hmm. On the- I think Jay White, Jay White's prop maybe one. But then you got to beat Jay White again. And you're, right. you're, you're it's beating you're, him a lot. Yeah, you're beating they, him a bunch of times. And then he would have to beat Naito on the final. See, it can't be Jay White because he's right. facing Naito on the final night. Oh, that's true. Yeah, right, right. So you're even eliminating him. So who's your big briefcase guy there? I don't know if I see one because I don't think they're going to do Shingo. Um, do you do a Moxley match? Maybe. Yeah, maybe you get one more out of Moxley before he's out. Before he's done. Um, he's I like still- actually, yeah, I like that a lot. I, I think. I, I wonder how does the does it work out that way? I think uh, if he could probably find a way to slip into one show. Yeah, well, he's got to lose the U.S. title at some point too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they got two shows you need for him. But once he loses, well, you know what? Pros- you know what they could probably do. Maybe Moxley, if he's on that, if he's on that G one final night, maybe he has a U.S. title match against Juice on that like. You know, the, the the night of the actual finals, he has like a rematch with Juice or whatever. Juice wins the title back then. And then you can go and have him face Naito. But then he's he's losing a bunch on. But if he's out, then I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's See, a lot of I, losing for him. I don't like losing that much. But if he's out, I, then that's the only way you can really do it. I have a hard time identifying a briefcase challenger. I mean, Goto would always be good for something like that. But I think he's going to lose a lot in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So you Ishii, don't wanna, I guess Ishii could, but could. But he's a never champ right now, and I, it's it's weird, right? Like it's it's hard to identify one. Um. So, so I don't know. Now, back to the A block. Tanahashi, always a threat to win the block. Especially since he's got a big match on the final night. Mm-hmm. So, you think he's got a chance to win the block and be the Naito opponent in the final? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I do, definitely. I mean, I never count Tanahashi out on, on, on G1s. He can look like absolute shit for two months prior. He can be, quote-unquote, hurt. And then, yeah, he just goes out there and kills it and wins a bunch of matches. So, I, I yeah, I'm still, I still think that he's got a pretty high percent uh, chance of, of, of emerging from the block. Because, like you said, it doesn't matter. He can win the block and then lose to whoever in, in, in the finals. So, and, and Naito and Tanahashi is a pretty cool match for the finals, too. So, I think there's a real possibility that, that happens. Saber would be perfect to lose in a G1 final. Yes. Burning off a money match. The only problem I see with that is he's got Kenta on the final night. And you got to think the Tanahashi Osprey match is going to be the other important match and not the Kenta Zack Saber match. But I mean, it could be three. They could have three matches all matter. Yeah. (laughs) But now, you know, now you're figuring, but now you got to figure out a scenario, okay, Mm -hmm. where Saber beats Kenta and then. I mean, because are they going to position that match ahead of the uh, either of the other? I mean, Okada Obushi is the main event. Let's let's be honest. Okay, I know they don't give that out yet, but that's going to be the main event. So you're going to have to position Kenta Saber ahead of Tanahashi Osprey. I guess they could if Will's a junior, because otherwise you're having a guy win pretty early in the night and then needing a bunch of guys to lose, sort of to back in. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To get through his block, just to get to the final. So I don't know. I think it's kind of far fetched. And then we've got, you know, Okada, who I think we can both agree that unless he's winning the whole fucking thing, I don't think he's coming out of the block. Yeah, and this year of all years, it's just it, it, it'd it be weird because you're, you're yeah. potentially blowing up two p- future matches like that would just be silly. You don't need to do that for, for especially this year. You don't need to do that. And you especially we always say you don't have to do that for the G1 uh, final. You can have 
your your briefcase winner versus whoever, and it's not going to matter because they're going to have a great match and it's going to be sold out anyway, uh, no matter what. So there's no need to burn Okada and Naito or Okada and whoever. Like there's no need whatsoever to do that. So no, I I, I put him at a pretty low chance of of, of winning look, the block. Look, Okada is either losing or having a draw with Abushi on the final night, right? Because you're not going to put him in a scenario where a win doesn't advance him either, and I don't think he's advancing. So he's going to be in a win or you're in scenario, win and you're in scenario, and then he's not going to win. So he's definitely either losing or having a draw with Ibushi, which means if Ibushi then does lose the final to somebody, but see, I don't think they're doing Ibushi Naito again. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't think it's super unrealistic that they do that they go back to their that match. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Like, I might not, but I I don't I don't know. That might yeah, be. it's possible because then Naito can can. Can um, you know finally get a win over a boot? <laughs> like put him in the really put him in the, in the rear though. view. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Like because it's to be the two wins in a row after the two wins for the other guy. You see what I'm saying? But it's like yeah, and like you're saying, then put him in the rear view. Yeah, but... that, I I think it's more likely than maybe you're you're. you're... It's maybe clunky, but that. I don't know how. You, but I don't know how you get out of it. So you might be right because the way it's all laid out, I don't know how you get out of that. Um, the only way you get out of that is if Naito doesn't advance. And Abushi is winning the tournament. Right, right. Okada has to lose or draw mm-hmm. on that final night. They're not putting Okada in the final with Naito. <laughs> to lose. <laughs> yeah, unless... They're not doing that match in that. They're not. They're Okada Naito as the G1 final is as unlikely as Spadla Fale <laughs> versus Shingo. It's not happening. Right. It's zero percent chance. So I don't know. It's are we overthinking? Is it just going to be a Bushi Naito again? I think so. I really do. I think, and and if you think about the heat of that, that's a that's a match that obviously you're not protecting very much because it's happened a bunch already this year, and this is kind of the big blow off. These guys have been at each other's throats this entire 2019, and and now this is for it. This is for the man who will put the other in the rear view and go to the Tokyo Dome. So I think there's there's a lot of ways you can sell that. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that's probably going to be it. I'll probably change by the time I do my, my bracket. And by the way, I should mention as well, uh, we are doing the pick'em again, uh, voicewrestling.com for details on that as we uh, we get there. It's not up yet. Uh, we're going to wait as as close as we possibly can because we jinx people. And if we make the if we do the pick'em right now and we release all the results, fucking somebody will be done. You know, Tetsuya Knights will, will tear an ACL or something like that. Uh, so we're going to wait a little bit. We also have to kind of secure some prize sponsors. But uh, keep an eye on uh, at Voices Wrestling on Twitter and VoicesWrestling.com for uh, details on the pick'em. It is, it is coming again. There will be good prizes, but uh, not yet. We'll let you know when it when it's live and ready to go. So, Rich, we know what all the big matches everybody's looking forward to. Do you have any little sleeper matches in there? Some matchups that you have your eye on that maybe other people aren't looking at or or, or aren't going to be main events necessarily in any of the buildings? Because I've got a couple. Do you see anything, or do you need a minute to look yeah, at? Yeah. So, so a few that I look at the top of my head, and I kind of talked at the, at at the beginning of the show. I mean, Kenta versus anybody, really. I mean, I think like Kenta versus Will Osprey is one that that. I'm oh. super excited for. I cannot wait. Uh, Kenta versus uh, Zack Saber Jr. too is one that I, I think maybe people because people are probably looking at Kenta and looking at Okada and Tanahashi and those big type ones and and, and rightfully so. Those are all incredible matches. But I think Kenta versus those lower guys as well. Uh, Zack Saber Jr. Your Will Ospreys. I mean, I think those have potential to be really, really, really good. Um, and then you know on on, on the B block side, uh, again, Naito and Ishii. That's not one that I have to really 
tell is a big surprise. But again, I think people forget how good those guys are and what chemistry those dudes have. You know, it's almost like once a year we see these guys fight, and every single time it's like, oh yeah, these guys are like the best part, you know, dance partners in the world. And that's going to happen again on this tournament. I think that's going to be one to really look at for sure. Uh, I think Juice and Ishii is one that I also look at as well. Uh, I, I really love what Juice Robinson has been doing. Uh, all this year, so I think that's a really, really, really fun match. Uh, and John Moxie Shingo, I mean, that sounds awesome, right? Like, that's yeah. just sounds incredible to see that. This G1 rules. There's so many fun new matchups in this G1. That's why I love new blood and new guys in, in this G1. Six new guys just leads to so many different match opportunities out there, but uh, those are a few that I really look at as, like, ones that maybe aren't the top, top tier matches, but ones that I think uh, have a chance to be really, really fun. I'm looking at Shingo versus Goto. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's like that's just gonna like, be men. That's just gonna be men's just that's flaring just, arms. How Hilarious. how manly is that? Sweat, <laughs> yeah, that's... just sweat and testosterone, <laughs> and and just sweaty balls and testosterone and just pure alpha greasy hair. Like, yeah, just the hairs just dripping and, wet of grease and sweat. Yeah, that's they're just like they want to. You just fight till one man is dead. You know, it's just it, you know, I, Goto Shingo is one. And just based on some some comp comparable matches that he's had, I think Cobb Goto can be really good too. Based on the way that Cobb worked with Shane Taylor and the way that he worked with Hangman, I think Goto uh, fits that ilk. And those two guys again could just have, you know, the kind of match where they're both bleeding from the mouth by the end of it, and you know they do things that they probably shouldn't do. And and they just you know Goto is just perfect for those kind of match. Goto Ishi, whenever they get together, is always a disgustingly good match. <laughs> yeah. And and I just feel like Moxley and Ishi are gonna have. I mean, that's not exactly a sleeper, but I just think that their chemistry is gonna work. And then um, when I look at the other side, I know it's a semi-main event right out of the gate, night one. But enough people aren't talking about the history with Kenta and Kota Ibushi that's going to be flowing through that match when they get in there in Dallas too. You know, with, with can I tell you, can I tell you just how fucking jealous I am of that Dallas show? Listen, you've gotten the plenty of stuff that I couldn't make it out to. You went to all in. I, I had Joe, a birthday deal. You get Okada and Tanahashi and Ibushi Kenta. Fuck off. I know. I'm so, I, it hasn't really Fuck sunk you. in yet that I'm getting Tanahashi and Okada. I, I, you can I hear saw that and I got mad. I was like, that's stupid. They shouldn't book those two matches on the same night. Like, I got I got upset. Like, I was like, no, that's stupid. Th th this night sucks. Like, I just decided that night sucked and I'm not even going to watch it. It's going to be because I was just so jealous. I was like, oh, come on. Like, I've been going to all these shows. I've been screaming to the heavens for three years that Okada and Tanahashi needs to You've been the one stage. screaming about it. You've been the one screaming. And then you get to see it. And I don't get to see it. So. Hop on a plane. I might. I might have to. Make it a one nighter. Fly in that morning. What is it? What day of the week is that? I don't even uh, know. July sixth. I want to say. I hopefully not a Sunday. I think that's Saturday, right? Uh, yeah, this is Saturday. Yeah. Now for Glory's on Sunday, right? In the same city. I get, oh yeah, right, right. I was like, I don't know, <laughs> but yes, yeah, it is. So why don't you just fly in Saturday morning and fly out fucking Sunday morning or Saturday? You could fly out Saturday night if don't, you want to buy a hotel. I, Joe, I, this is run through my head. Don't, don't don't tempt me here. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, it's it's there's scenarios that could be worked out here. Absolutely. You could even you could even come home with me Saturday night and fuck crash here and then fly home Sunday morning out of Houston or wherever the fuck or out of College Station, ten minutes up the road. There's scenarios we can talk about them. We can maybe work something out. <laughs> Because you're not even missing work. 
you're out of your own bed one night. Maybe not. Maybe zero nights if you just fly back yeah, Saturday. I could do that. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a trooper. I think I could do that. Because this, I mean, fuck, man. I know. Kendo, <laughs> it's not Kendo even the Okada Kodo Tanahashi. Kodo. It's not even the Okada Tanahashi that I'm like. like it's, 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 it's hilarious to say, but it's not even that that made me mad. It was a Bushi and Kanta. I'm like, fuck off. God damn it. It's like, come on, really? Man, it's... it's, it's <laughs> you have to book both those in the same night, you assholes? Come on. Couldn't that be in Nagoya <laughs> in fucking two weeks? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> fucking Nagoya. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... Fuck! It hasn't really sunk in. It's it's a big spot. And then Willis Bay Land Archer, which will rock too. So, you know, and then Bound for Glory the next day. Yeah, right. I should just stay the whole weekend, right? Right. Fly can't home miss, Sunday night. Can't miss. Can't miss Bound for Glory. So the snubs. Let's do that quickly before we move on to another. T- we got two more topics to do. But mm-hmm. um, so Minoru Suzuki is this a case of a fifty-two-year-old man who's just like I don't want to do this shit anymore? Yeah, I think so. I think it was probably like I, 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 I guess like they probably said, "Hey," and he probably went, "Eh," <laughs> like I, that because I, we know we know from the guys that have been there forever and ever and ever that they don't. They're New Japan is pretty. If you want to be in there, it looks like unless they really, really, really want to take you out, that they're not going to take you out. So it's kind of a. It might have been a mutual like, "Hey, we're looking at some new guys," and him saying, "Yeah, go ahead." But but I got to imagine he's not doing this kicking and screaming i imagine that he understands and, and realizes yeah look it's fine like i don't i don't need all these matches on my on my resume like i i'm good like i'm i'm hurting i'm old i don't need all this shit i'm, I'm good to go so I, I i think a lot of people are getting real negative on new japan i imagine it's a it's a it's a mutual thing between those two guys i cannot imagine they just yanked him and said fuck off we don't care and uh you know they're turning it into a storyline where he's bitter about it right exactly which leads me to believe that he knew he'd get more traction on not being in it than being in it so yeah, and, and listen, he hasn't been great in these things. Mm-hmm. The last couple ones that he's been in, um, you know, he kind of his peak G one years are are firmly behind him anyway. Let me lump these two together: Satoshi Kojima and um, Togi Makabe. Tenzan gets the big, uh, you know, final G one. Nagata gets the big final G one. You would think that Kojima and Makabe, okay, they, I agree that they're both maybe a half step below those other two. Okay, Makabe, former IWGP champion. Uh, Kojima, former IWGP champion. You know, the whole Triple Crown thing at the same time. These are big stars too, though. Okay, does it surprise you that they didn't get a going away G1? Do you think that they would have if people like Moxley and Kenta didn't fall into their laps? Do you think that's what bumped them, or do you think this was the natural order of things anyway? No, I think that that absolutely bumped them. Uh, you, you know, I think those are guys that are, you always have in your stable and always ready to go if, if if need be. And and if anybody got hurt, those two dudes I think are are the first two that would probably step up and take that spot. But in this case, it's like, hey, look, we got young guys, we got guys we're trying to build up, we have the next generation ready to go. And and yeah, I, I I'd imagine that like where 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 Minoru Suzuki I think is probably a little bit more mutual. I gotta imagine like someone like a Kojima and a Makabe are probably like, nah, man, we're we're ready to go. We can still do this. And they're like, eh, yeah, we're, we're we're gonna go in a different direction this year. I can absolutely see that scenario with those two guys because I think both of them do take a, a lot of pride in what they do and a lot of pride in being in G ones. And and like you said, like all those other guys, uh, you know, Tenzan and and and, and Nagata got those like send offs and the real dramatics and all that sort of stuff. And these two dudes are just kind of kicked to the wayside and and. I guess there's a scenario where they come back, but it's hard to imagine them coming that back. That was my so. next question. Can you see Kojima or Makabe in it, you know, next <sighs> year? Really? I don't know. I mean, like, is New Japan going to 
be less aggressive in, in talent acquisition and, and not go out of the way to, to sign the best young talent in the world? Or are they going to say, yeah, hey, you know what? Yeah, 50-year-old dudes are, are who we want again. This might be it. <laughs> like, I just, I can't see a scenario where, unless they're completely gutted uh, in, in, in one year with their roster, that they go back to those guys. So I just think they're waiting on the wings in, in case someone gets hurt. But otherwise, this might be it for them. The shame in all this is Kojima can still go with any of these guys. Absolutely. I saw that in the Shingo match. And they did the storyline where he gave up his spot for Tenzon the one year for Tenzon's final go. Then he blew out his knee and missed it another year. But that like one year in between or whatever it was, he had that killer. Remember he had the great match against Okada where Okada worked heel and, and, and that was Kojima's last G1. And it was, it may go down as, as his last one ever. And, um, and he was excellent in that G1. And I think, with these stacked fields, he could have had a really, a really great tournament. Um, it's just a shame. Do you think, how about this? Do you think Kojima, when he hand waved the Enochism shit and he left with Muta, do you think that could be a reason why he doesn't get sort of the going away present where the loyal guys like Nagata and Tenzan did? Do you think that plays in Maybe. I probably don't. Or. or this new leadership that doesn't care so much about that. Anymore. Yeah, I gotta imagine the new leadership doesn't really give a shit all that much. I think it might play a small role in it because he's not like a lifer. He's not like a I don't know if I consider right. if you tell me who's uh, it, it, New Japan legends, you know, guys that you know, Tenzan does come up, but Nagata comes up. Those sort of guys come up. I don't know that Kojima to me is in, it is necessarily synonymous with New Japan. You know what I mean? Like I think he's synonymous with just being a great because, wrestler. Because he's not a lifer. He's right. Not a, he's not a, he, he's and not he a did lifer. it in other places. He had great runs elsewhere, whereas right. like Tenzan is so synonymous. He arguably with had the, yeah, well absolutely and Kojima arguably had his best run of his career in all Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh no for so sure. So you're you're absolutely you're absolutely right about that. So and then I, just not good I'm wondering really if the, I don't think Makabe is good enough for as much of a legend to get like the the query send off. Like I don't know, maybe he is. I don't know. He he held the he held the big belt. And, uh, you know he's massively popular and has been for a long time. So and he's younger than those guys to be fair. So these other guys are already fifty. You know what I mean? What's Makabe? Is he like? Even is he like forty one or something like that? Forty. He's he's the, he's like Tanahashi's, uh, you know, he's uh, generation. He's more than, okay, so he's in between. He's he's kind of stuck in between. Um, uh, yeah. So I mean, he's got a few more years if they really wanted to do it with him. But I get what you're saying. I, I in my mind too, I think that Nagata and Tenzan are slighted, are are slotted slightly ahead of Kojima and Makabe in terms of New Japan hierarchy or, or or the the pantheon of new japan legends i i don't disagree with that yeah um here's a guy who firmly is not a new japan legend yoshihashi picked up a bunch of wins over the last couple weeks and we thought that that was going to make him a lock here and he's not in it so what the fuck is the deal with yoshihashi picking up a bunch of wins and in, in tag matches and, and shit like that what can you make any sense of that? Or yeah, I, I think I talked about it a little bit last week that I think maybe it's just to build him up for that title match against uh, Saber coming up uh, for the uh, the British yeah. heavyweight title. That might have just been it, and it might have just been like, hey, we need him to at least like look like somewhat of a comparable you know challenger before he gets destroyed and, and tied in knots by Zack Saber Jr. So I think that might have been just it. Like I think you and I both thought that maybe it was leading to the G one, but I think it is just leading to that title match. And then once he loses that, he just I don't know, <laughs> goes back and he's Yoshiashi again.
I'll give you one more, and then we'll do stomping grounds. I'll give you one more. If Mikey Nichols hadn't shit the bed so badly. <laughs> well, no, I'm being serious. No, like, yeah, if, if he would have been impressive in the New Japan Cup and his run, but he hasn't been impressive at all. He's basically been very firmly below average. You think there's a chance he would have had a spot in this thing? I do. Yeah, for sure. I you think do? Yeah, I do. Because I think that's a big reason why. I mean, you bring him in for stuff like this, right? You bring him in to be one of those guys. You bring him in to, to be like a worldwide guy that can sort of get Australian fans interested in, in, in the tournament and excited. And and obviously, he was brought in as, as yeah, a guy that, that should have been a difference maker. And it's clear it's not. And it's clear that they uh, they know it, too, and, and, and that they're kind of steering away from him. Because I think, I think he absolutely would have had a part in this. I really do. Yeah, but he hasn't been good. And he clearly doesn't deserve the spot. So... So that's that. Did I miss anybody with these snubs, or I think we... I think that's it. Yeah, I guess Tamatango, who uh, took himself out of the tournament. Yeah, we kind of knew it, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and then other guys, I'm trying to th- look at last year. I mean, yeah, last year, there's not really anybody else that uh, still in the company that that you would have thought I'd be in there. Everybody else pretty much got there. And then the rest of the tournament field is, you know, your guys like, hey, uh, you know, Hangman Pages, your Kenny Omegas, and those sort of guys are all gone. So, um, yeah. Okay, so uh, we got to do stomping grounds. First, a quick plug, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling. You should probably sign up now. There are 12 days left in the month of June. We got a bunch of great content uh, up in the month of June, but starting in the month of July, the daily G1 audio updates. Uh, is Craig going to make an appearance? I know you made an appearance last year for one or two of them. I did. I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, do it right, so I, had, I, had, I had to hold the fort down. I think there was two weeks or two days where you couldn't do it, so I, I did it. But yeah, I, I'd love to be on it. So we do the daily updates. If you're familiar with what we did for the G1 last year or some of the other tournaments, most recently the best of the Super Junior daily updates, people really enjoy them. Uh, it's the most uh, intensive, in-depth daily tournament updates you're going to get anywhere in the world really i don't think anyone does it as well as we do it so that will start in july and obviously run through august so you're going to want to subscribe now if you do subscribe now and just let it carry over you could just subscribe today and then just forget about it and let it ride for the next two months uh to make sure you're in the door for the daily g1 audio updates uh we break down every single match in depth we break down the standings the scenarios the top matches of the tournament each show is anywhere from 45 minutes to about an hour and 15 minutes long and um and and people really seem to enjoy them so sign up that's the five dollar tier you're going to want to do the five dollar tier for that if you uh if you want to get in for those updates and then of course if you're on the five dollar tier that opens up everything else we do as well patreon.com slash voice wrestling rich are you hyped for stomping grounds joe i am ready to kick ass and take names stomping grounds streaming live on the WWE network this sunday let's start at the top as we preview this the beast slayer seth rollins versus the shortcut king baron corbin universal championship who you got This is your main event. The shortcut king, Baron Corbin, challenging Seth Rollins for the Universal title. Who? This is what they've got. Who's he challenging? Oh, the Beast Slayer, Seth Rollins. I'm sorry, sir. The the shortcut king, Baron Corbin, against the Beast Slayer, Seth Rollins. Yes, they're going with the shortcut king, Baron Corbin, as uh, as as a real main event player here. I guess because, to be fair... He's like the only guy on the roster that gets any kind of heat. Is that the idea here, Rich? I yeah, I don't know what the idea is. I haven't known what the idea is uh, for Baron Corbin. This is going to be studied uh, years from now. The random, needless obsession with Baron Corbin this last 
year is yeah. is is mind boggling. Like the Jinder Mahal thing was one thing, but they got done with that in like six months, and he was back to just being whatever. This thing has gone on and on and on. Even after they publicly declared this is the guy that made our ratings suck, they just went right back to him, which is just hey, excuse so me, weird. sir. It's the Majaraha Jinder Mahal. Oh, I'm sorry, thank you. It's the Majaraha Jinder Mahal. I forgot what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they said, I, uh, yeah, I forgot. Get through one match. Can't even get through one match of this. Yeah, this is not um, going to be great. Uh, anyway, yeah, they're going to be uh, bursting through the rafters at the, the Tacoma Dome. So I uh, drove by the Tacoma Dome when I was in Seattle. At, uh, oh. It looked like a dump, but <laughs> I've heard it's not great, but hey. So uh, you don't expect a title change here. You don't think the shortcut King Baron oh, Corbin? Jesus, I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't know what to believe with Baron Corbin anymore, man. They fucking love this guy. Um, I don't know. He, maybe the shortcut King gets a shortcut and maybe becomes the Universal Champion makes the most of this championship opportunity. Do you know that the advocate Paul Heyman was referring to uh, the Beast Brock Lesnar as the Beast Slayer Slayer a couple of weeks ago on Raw? Because he was saying that the Beast Slayer Slayer Brock Lesnar was going to slay the Beast Slayer Seth Rollins. Right. That was an actual promo. Yeah. So if, if the Baron Beast, wins, if the shortcut king Baron Corbin wins, man, oof. If the Beast defeats the Beast Slayer to become the Beast Slayer Slayer, and then somebody beats the Beast Slayer Slayer, are they the Beast Slayer Slayer Slayer? I think they have to be, right? Like, can Bobby Lashley beat? It just the keeps beast. going, yeah. Infinitely. Can, he beat, <laughs> can he beat the Beast Slayer Slayer to become the Beast Slayer 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 Slayer? Would it just? Keep, I hope that goes on forever, and there's eventually a Beast Slayer 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 Slayer. That's what I'd like to see happen, but that can only happen if the Beast Slayer Seth Rollins retains against the Shortcut King Baron Corbin, and then the Beast Slayer Slayer finally cashes in the Money in the Bank briefcase that he won in the Money in the Bank ladder match at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, right? He won, Yeah, he won the briefcase for a future championship opportunity, and he would have to cash that. He, he would have to, Mr. Money in the Bank would have to cash that in at uh, WWE Stopping Grounds, streaming live on the WWE Network this Sunday. So uh, move on here. The Dreadlock Dynamo, Kofi Kingston versus... Oh, God, the show-off, Dolph Ziggler. This is a steel cage match for the WWE Championship, as you talked about last week. You got to keep <laughs> the New Day out of this ring. The show-off, Dolph Ziggler, wants his one-on-one matchup with the Dreadlock Dynamo, Kofi Kingston, and he gets it this Sunday at WWE Stomping Ground, streaming live in the WWE Network from the Tacoma Dome. Uh, thank God, steel cage to keep those dastardly New Day guys out of the ring here. The, uh, the show-off, Dolph Ziggler, can get his one-on-one against the Dreadlock Dynamo. What do you think? I think you got to feel bad for the show off Dolph Ziggler. He got screwed at a, an event that was equal to or greater than WrestleMania Super Showdown from Riyadh Redacted. Jedi. So, it was from Jedi, I believe. Uh, okay. <laughs> and he got screwed. The Crown from, Jewel was from Riyadh, by the way. So. Correct. And Super Showdown, capital S, capital D, not to be confused with Super Showdown hyphen between showdown which of course took place in melbourne australia okay we have to differentiate between the super showdowns because there were two of those rich one with the hyphen one without the hyphen but the show off was screwed at super showdown no hyphen from redacted when xavier wood when new day's xavier woods kicked him in the face so he demanded the steel cage match and this is all backwards but that's where we're at and the dreadlocked dynamo kofi kingston is gonna have to do it all by himself who do you like in this one, uh, I like the Dreadlock Dynamo, Kofi Kingston, but um, 
even I, playing I, field, though. You it know? is an even playing field. The show-off's got an even playing field here, but I, I'm still going with the dreadlock dynamo. Kofi Kingston. The New Day so. cannot take advantage of the numbers game. <laughs> like they've been wont to do. So That's I right. still have Kofi uh, uh, winning here, but uh, yeah. I took retain the WWE Championship. I do, yeah, I do. Okay, what do we got next? Uh, we got the man, Becky Lynch, versus the sassy Southern Belle, Lacey Evans, for the Raw Women's Championship. Joe, is it finally time for the sassy Southern Belle, the lady of WWE, Lacey Evans, to win the title? Listen, all she 